You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Hello there, and welcome to another live broadcast of TPC. I'm your host, James Edwards. Well, let's just get specific about that. It's Yankee Memorial Day, (laughs) but it is Memorial Day nevertheless. And every year around this time, I have to ask myself, how many of those sacrifices, how many of those lives were taken to advance America's vital interests? How many of those wars that America has participated in were just wars? And I think you have to go back uh, quite a way uh, to find one that was worthy of the United States military's participation. Uh, You go back to the Revolutionary War, maybe. Uh, I'll give you the Revolutionary War because I look at that, and if we had remained a part of the United Kingdom, we had remained a part of Great Britain, we'd be a little bit worse off today than we are now. Uh, they, I mean, at least here, at least momentarily, maybe hanging by a thread and by a string, uh, but dissidents aren't put into jail for telling the truth about certain topics. You are in prison for speaking your mind in Europe. So at least we've got the First and Second Amendment a little bit here still in this country. So I'll give you the Revolutionary War. I'll give you the War of 1812, the Mexican War, the war between the states if you fought for the southern side, and the Indian Wars. Beyond that, beyond that, I don't think there was any war America should have participated in. That includes both world wars. I agree with Pat Buchanan. I agreed with Pat when he was on this show to talk about his book, Churchill, Hitler, and the Unnecessary War. We don't cover a lot of World War II stuff on this uh, program. Uh, But that was uh, one time that we did, and I agree with it. Uh, Although, you know, the anniversary of D-Day is next week, and I have half a mind to revisit that interview that we did with Pat about World War II. And we may, we may just do that next week, but I think at the end of the day, you would have to agree that if a, an army can't cross the English Channel, they're not going to be crossing the Atlantic, and they're not going to be liquidating Christianity and doing all of that stuff. But the more recent wars, especially Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan, I mean, what are you talking about? Uh, old uh, friend and co-host who was on this program for years, I asked him, he, he was a medic in Vietnam, Eddie, was a medic, and I said, Eddie, uh, <laughs> what do you think you were fighting for over there? And he said, the mil- he deadpanned. I mean, a perfect delivery without blinking. The military-industrial complex. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, if, if there was ever a cause to have actually had a military action, you'd have to consider it was uh, when the USS Liberty was attacked. Uh, but not only did we not uh, do anything about that, we actually sided with the people who attacked and killed so many of those sailors. And we've interviewed a lot of those sailors on this program in the subsequent years, and believe me, they're still bitter about that. But uh, in any event, it is Memorial Day, a federal holiday in the United States, uh, so Wikipedia tells me, for honoring and mourning the United States military personnel who have died while serving in the United States Armed Forces, always observed on the last Monday in May. Yes, I mourn the ones who have died, surely. 
Um, but uh, I also mourn the fact, uh, the reasons why they were sent. I, I, I told you, uh, well, I'll get to this in just a second, but uh, one of the Confederate Navy, uh, not Navy bases, one of the Confederate Army bases was, was renamed again this week, Fort Benning was renamed but it was actually renamed for a guy that we knew it's now called fort moore uh for lieutenant general harold g hal moore hal moore mel gibson played his character in the movie we were soldiers now that's one i don't ever want to see a confederate base renamed or a, a base named for a confederate hero to be renamed but if it has to be that's better than fort harvey milk which is what i was expecting or uh, for some no-name black lesbian or, or, or something, which was what you would expect. But Fort Hal Moore, we interviewed Hal Moore on this program. Mel Gibson played his character in the movie We Were Soldiers. We actually interviewed Hal Moore on this show many, many years ago. And I remember something that he said, hate war, but love the American warrior. And I can get behind that to an extent. Uh, but the thing is, the military hates the American warrior, at least the typical American warrior, which is a white Southern male. They hate you. They hate you. We have to starve this military. We have to starve this system. And they don't make warriors like Hal Moore, the first man on the ground in that legendary battle in Vietnam, uh, the last one to leave. If you haven't seen the movie, watch the movie if you haven't read about it. But uh, interestingly, not only have we interviewed Hal Moore on the show, we've interviewed Mel Gibson's father. Uh, so there's the Gibson connection. We interviewed him a couple of times. Uh, made a lot of news, uh, those interviews did. Entertainment Tonight and uh, all the stuff, uh, the Hollywood tabloids. Uh, but he never backed down, uh, defended his appearances on the program. Great guy. Uh, stayed in touch with him until the end. Uh, but th they don't make... Warriors like Hal Moore anymore. I, I was doing a TV shoot. I've told you this story before up in Nashville for a Warner Brothers production some years ago. And a, a company of soldiers came out of a dining establishment. And it was all non-white and mostly female in their fatigues walking as, as a unit. And it was. I was like, I, I looked. We were taking a break from the taping. I looked at that. And I was like. You know, what Twilight Zone is this? What episode did I get put into? What, what episode are we tape, uh, taping today? But uh, anyway, hey, by the way, you know, we're talking about Memorial Day. You probably don't know this, and you wouldn't know this if you relied on the mainstream media for your daily bread, but uh, Confederate soldiers, sailors, and Marines who fought in the War of Northern Aggression were actually made U.S. veterans by an act of Congress in 1957. That was U.S. Public Law 85 uh 425 section 410 which was approved uh, by congress on may the 23rd of uh, 1958 uh, this uh, made all confederate veterans equal to u.s military veterans but i digress about that as i talk about memorial day here today got to starve the military got to starve the system they hate you why would you want to fight for uh such a corrupt and degenerate uh you know, country. I mean, if you defend your land, defend your home, defend your hearts and firesides and your people. But I'm not so sure that's what our uh, army has in mind, and especially how they're being misused. That does not take away the gallantry and the valor and the sacrifice that, that these uh, people have, have given. There's no doubt about that. I laid the blame, though, for the, the, their sacrifices. These color revolutions, these regime changes, these occupational armies that we have now, that's, that's not what they were meant to be. And, and they were meant to be more than that. Uh, but in any event, we got a big show for you tonight. We've got two of our lions, two of the lions, both Peter Brimelow and Jared Taylor coming up in tandem 
tonight. Peter will be with us right here after this opening uh, break. And then Jared Taylor of American Renaissance will be back with us uh, to talk about his rather abbreviated trip to Europe that he just made and, and much more. Peter Brimelow will be on to talk about... Uh, well, he's going to sound an important alarm. We want you to know what's going on. Big news uh, there at uh, the Vidare Castle, and Peter will be on to tell us all about that. Now, one more announcement before we get to our featured guests, and such esteemed guests they are, uh, is the fact that we will uh, be kicking off, TPC will be kicking off, our always important, Quarterly fundraising drive, the second quarter fundraising drive is going to kick off on June the 1st. So before, I'm going to go ahead and get this announcement out of the way. We're going to get to business tonight. Before we reconvene together next Saturday night, you will have, if you are an established donor, we'll have received our second quarter fundraising appeal. We've got some fantastic incentive gift offers for you this quarter. So take a look at that. And uh, in the meantime, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Peter Brimelow up next. The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, Ann Wilson-Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixies, Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. Matthew 24, 24 teaches us that the church is deceived today. Deceived Christians call themselves Judeo-Christians. Around 1900, Jews commissioned the Schofield Reference Bible, which transformed the Jews from Christian killers to the chosen people. Here's the truth. America is in the Bible. Revelation 21. Our form of government came down from heaven. Verse 3. The many Christian ministers at the Constitutional Convention sought God's will. The God-given rights in the Constitution were ordained by God. America is the new promised land for Christian Israel, and Christians are the true chosen people. True Israel is Christian. Listen to Jesus, quote, my sheep follow me, unquote, and, quote, you do not believe because you are not my sheep, unquote. John 10, 25 through 27. The beast has transformed America into the woman mystery Babylon, Revelation chapter 17. For the complete Bible study, write to Christian Knuckles, P.O. Box 210813, Royal Palm Beach, Florida, 33421. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the first of two absolutely heavyweight guests is now on the line with us, uh, my old friend Peter Brimelow, the founder and editor-in-chief of vdare.com, author of the best-selling book, Alienation, Common Sense About America's Immigration Disaster, and so much more. We'll give you a little bit more of Peter's bio as the interview rolls on. But he's back tonight for a different reason, not to provide his prescient commentary on the issues of the day, but rather to sound a very important alarm. Uh, I would encourage you to read more about 
the situation that he is about to paint a verbal picture of by going to vdare.com and taking a look at the article at the very top of the feed there. And uh, you can apprise yourself of the situation. But, uh, Peter, first of all, welcome back to the show. It's always great to talk to you. I wish it was under better circumstances, though. Thanks for having me, Janice. We really appreciate it. Well, it's absolutely the least I could do, and I couldn't do it uh, quickly enough. So, uh, lawfare. This is something uh, the tentacles of lawfare have been growing. I I think that uh, the Charlottesville civil trial was really a a great test case to see how far frivolous charges could get down the road in the legal system and in the courts. And since then, you have seen a proliferation of lawfare, and we'll touch on some of the other cases where... Uh, people have been damaged in such a way. Uh, but let's talk about your situation with VDARE. Um, take all the time you need, Peter, to walk us through this, and then I'll chime in with questions and comments as appropriate. Well, you know, James, the fact is that, that uh, uh, law enforcement, the legal system, the judicial system in the U.S. is completely collapsed. It's, it's become completely politicized. Our problem is that the VDARE dot com uh, 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 website. Uh, it's, uh, it's supported by the VDA Foundation, which is a 501c3 charity. We unfortunately is registered in, in New York State. That's something we did more than 25 years ago before the reign of terror began. And the woman who, who the Attorney General in New York, Letitia James, who is the woman who was persecuting Trump, uh, has attacked us. What she's doing is she's not alleged any wrongdoing, but she's simply uh, as a she has oversight over 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 charges, and she's demanding, she's subpoenaing more and more documents from us. Uh, uh, she's basically beating us to death with subpoenas without actually having to make any specific specific allegation. Uh, the managerial state just has ways of crushing people to dissent that it doesn't like. Uh, uh, we've supplied over 7,000 documents, and eventually it became obvious that the whole thing was, it was just in bad faith. They, 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 uh, and, and so we, we, uh, we sued them in federal court on, uh, because this clearly attacked on our first, with first Amendment rights. The, the problem, the only thing she says is, you know, we bought this castle, the VDA.com castle, the, 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 the Burger Springs Castle, I'm sorry, in, in Burger Springs, West Virginia, because we wanted to hold conferences. And we discovered that we can't hold conferences because every time we book one, uh, the left goes to work, uh, you know, yelling and screaming, and the hotels panic and cancel. So this has happened like 10, 15 times over the last five, five years or so. You're talking uh, so about when you attend, when you... When you... I'm sorry, Peter, for the interruption, but just to make it clear for the audience, you're talking about when you would previously attempt to have conferences at public hotels, which should have been your right as a law-abiding citizen. Right. What happens is the the hotels are run by Americans who think that we live in a free country. And they'll say, oh, yes, we have lots of controversial conferences. We tell them, we warn them, this is going to be a problem. We have lots of controversial conferences. We want to have a right-to-life conference. And then, of course, when the the uproar (laughs) starts, uh, the the suits who... uh, you know, the corporate suits who, who, who control the hotels order them to cancel, and they do cancel. Even though in our case, you know, our, our contract is set up, so they really have to pay, they, they, they have to pay us liquidated damages, which is very substantial. But they don't hesitate to do that because they're so frightened of, of, of the left, of the totalitarian left we have, that we have in this country. So we bought this castle, and, 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 so, and so we're under attack. And, and uh, uh, the, particular, the thing that's particularly infuriating to me 
is that they're saying that uh, you know we bought this castle to enrich ourselves. Well, of course, it's completely untrue. We moved from our home. We sold our home in Connecticut. We moved down here to West Virginia. Uh, uh, we, we rent a property on, 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 on the castle grounds that we pay rent for. So simply sold because we want to be able to have conferences. Uh, and and, and uh, one of the things that Tisha James is doing is uh, she, she tells the courts when she's trying to uh, get them to continue to allow uh, this subpoena attack uh, that we've transferred assets to, with the, you know, we've done this to enrich ourselves, we've transferred assets uh, to ourselves personally, but it's completely untrue. The documents are, are quite clear that uh, various reorganizations we've made, uh, 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 they're all within the, the ambit of the Visa Foundation. She just lies about it. Now, the thing about this, uh, James, is, you know, you and I are used to people lying. We're used to politicians lying. We're used to journalists lying. Uh, but lawyers can't lie, and, and particularly not if they're, if they're uh, uh, public officials, uh, uh, attorney generals, because they're what's called officers of the court, and they're supposed to uh, 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 tell the judge things that are true and not lie to the judge, uh, and, and, and she's been doing that. So of course, what we're going to do is uh, we're filing against we're filing uh, a complaint against her with the New York State Bar Association, and we we want to get a sanction and ultimately disbarred. I know that sounds completely impossible, but you know it did happen with the with the the, the prosecutor who tried to try to get himself reelected by by uh, with the Duke, with the Duke rape hoax. It's completely fallacious. But he went and made all kinds of lying assertions to the court because he wanted to whip up the black boxes in, 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 in Durham, North Carolina, and get himself reelected. And he was disbarred for it. Uh, and the same thing has happened to the prosecutor in, in St. Louis, who, who, Lewis, who, who uh, uh, the, the McCloskey, uh, the McCloskey sued the McCloskey because they're trying to defend themselves against, uh, against Antifa. Do you remember That's that? That's another case? one. She's, yep. she's been disbarred. So it can happen. And we, we That's encouraging. Here, but it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, the thing about the left generally is they, they, they operate in, in a moral, a moral, uh, 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 another world moral. They, they live in a world of complete moral fantasy. They think that you and I are members of the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, you know, uh, they, 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 they think that uh, the, the, there are thousands and thousands of black people being murdered by, by cops uh, every year, which, of course, is total nonsense. But they believe this. And they believe they can say whatever they want, and that applies to these lawyers. The, 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 these uh, uh, lawyers think that these um, elected uh, officials in New York City, uh, in New York State, uh, uh, live in a, in, a, in a world of moral fantasy, and they think they can say whatever they want. And it never occurs to them that, that there, are, there are regulations. That they, that they, now, of course, they can, they can think that because the media is not going to hold them responsible. Well, we're going, we're going to do our best to hold them responsible. And by the way, while I'm on this subject, uh, Jay, Go ahead, we're please. having our, uh, our summer conference this year in June, and, uh, and Steve Saylor is speaking, and John Darvish is speaking, you know, and, and we have various other, other guests speaking, that, that, uh, that, 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 some, some of whom will not, will not be announced in public because of the reign of terror. And I urge everybody to, to sign up while you can. I think we have about 15 or 20 places left. It's just, uh, just certainly a... To be there and, uh, a Fab Four. Just go to VDAR uh, and, and, and look for the ad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, James. Go ahead. No, no, no. Take all the time you need, my friend. You're the guest. But it's it's certainly a Fab Four. 
uh, here. I'm looking at the 2023 conference, which it's is, is related to what Peter was talking about a moment ago, because it was one of the reasons uh, that the Vida Air Foundation purchased this particular property. They had found themselves banned from exercising their right to free speech and assembly by being able, you know, I thought that's what the so-called civil rights movement was all about, uh, so they could eat at the same lunch counter so they could get a room at the same motel, but our people can't. I mean, completely law-abiding. I don't want to hear anything about Peter Brimelow being an extremist. Peter Brimelow is about the most mainstream guy I've met in this movement. Another one's coming up next, Jared Taylor. I mean, these guys are are the real deal in the top dresser drawer. Uh, to, to, to lump them in with uh, ne'er-do-wells, the people that would cause some sort of a damage to the reputation of a hotel, is completely... A complete fabrication by the media. But because the hotels cave to this pressure, they are, yes, they are private companies. So I guess you could say, well, they're private companies. They can uh, choose whom and whom not to serve. But, I mean, really, can they? Uh, but in any event, uh, apparently they can because they will cancel these contracts. You know, and it's not just saying, no, we can't have well, you here. Let's get back for a second. Let's back a second, Jim. Our, our, our quarrel, Lydia's, my wife, Lydia, who, who basically runs the organization here, the quarrel is not what they tell. They can cancel, but they have to pay for it. They have, the, 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 it's a brave contract. They have to pay a certain price for it. What's really infuriating is that they got, in the case of the Colorado Springs Conference, they canceled because the, the, the mayor of Colorado Springs refused to extend police protection. And that's a clear violation of, of our... Of, By the heckler's veto. And, and it, was, it was litigated to death during the civil rights era. And it was so clear that what Colorado Springs lawyer took the case on our First Amendment case again, right, our First Amendment Peter, case against the mayor. Hold on right there, my friend. We're I'll coming up go. on the first break. Yeah, I guess right. technically they could. They can cancel. I mean, obviously they can, and they do, and they get away with it, and they pay you a sum. But at the same time, you're still being robbed of your ability to host a conference of law-abiding citizens in the land of the free and the home of the brave, which led you to purchasing this property that is under the attack of the Attorney General of the State of New York. We'll refocus on that when we come back. Stay tuned. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Jerry Barnash. House Republicans and the White House are said to be closing in on a deal to raise the debt ceiling. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy told reporters he's confident an agreement will be reached in time to avoid a government default. As for President Biden, before heading to Camp David for the Memorial Day weekend, he said a deal is, quote, very close. Texas lawmakers on Saturday voted to impeach State Attorney General Ken Paxson, who has been temporarily removed over allegations of misconduct that range from bribery to abuse of office. The Texas Senate will conduct a trial. Permanent removal requires two-thirds of senators' support. Vice President Kamala Harris is making history by delivering the commencement address to cadets at the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. Cadets, global security and global prosperity depend on the leadership of the United States of America. And a strong America remains indispensable 
to the world. This July marks the 47th anniversary of women being admitted to West Point. We're in the middle of one of the busiest travel periods of the year. FlightAware says more than 1,000 flights already are delayed for tomorrow, with more than 200 flights canceled. Atlanta's Hartsfield International Airport saw its third most amount of travelers on Friday, as the TSA says they screened more than 97,000 passengers, including crew members. Some 10 million passengers are expected to pass through airports across the USA over Memorial Day weekend. Right there with them at LAX is this woman headed to Japan who talked with KTLA. I haven't seen them, like, for three years. Air travel for the holiday weekend is back to its highest level in over three years. I'm Jeremy Scott. This is USA News. So, you need life insurance, right? Protection for your family? But who has time to meet with an agent? You're busy. But what if there was a better way? A way to protect your family, your loved ones, make sure you can send your kids to college, keep the family home, no matter what happens, well, you can. With no agent visit, no medical exam, no blood work, none of the stuff that makes life insurance a hassle. Go to ethosliferadio.com. That's ethosliferadio.com. Ethos Life Radio is a 100% online buying platform for life insurance powered by Ethos. We match you after a simple online interview with a life insurance policy that matches your needs at the best price. EthosLifeRadio.com shops your policy to over 100 carriers instantly to get you the best price. And best of all, EthosLifeRadio.com is a marketplace. This is not a lead source. Your information will not just be sold with endless emails, calls, and texts. We give you the opportunity to buy life insurance online. Simple. In less than 15 minutes online. With no medical exam if you qualify. Do the right thing for your family today. Go to EthosLifeRadio.com. EthosLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. I want to encourage you to go to vdare.com. There you can do many things, but two of which I want to impress upon you right now. Number one, uh, check out that 2023 Summer Conference. We mentioned it's a Fab Four lineup, but uh, there's more than just the Fab Four. But the Fab Four does include Peter Brimelow himself, James Kirkpatrick, John Darbyshire and Steve Saylor. Now, it's hard to get much better than that, and you'll be on the beautiful grounds of the VDare estate, and you can sign up tonight. Uh, so go to vdare.com and do that. And while you're there, be sure to check out what Peter Brimlow is calling a mortal threat. Uh, this includes uh, what he's talking about is what he painted a picture of just a moment ago, the New York Attorney General Letitia James going after VDARE for reasons that aren't entirely known. I think, obviously, what we're seeing here is another manifestation of lawfare that uh, seeks to just drown VDARE in legal work and legal bills that are going to bleed some of the funding. This isn't a lavishly funded organization when compared to their counterparts on the left and even the uh, conservative establishment. And uh, it, it seems to, I guess, though, am I reading this right, Peter? And you you did a good job of breaking it down in the first segment. People can read it much more extensively at VDARE. It'll all be there in front of you in black and white. You can read through this whole sordid affair. But it seems to involve the fact that uh, VDARE Foundation funds were used to, to buy what you are using as your headquarters and as a conference center. Yes, you and your family sometimes 
are there at the property, maybe sometimes sleep there or whatever, live on a cottage somewhere on the grounds. But, you know, is that supposed to be a big deal? Because I'm looking, I mean, what you paid for that with what real estate is now, you can't hardly find a fishing shack for less than a quarter million dollars. You couldn't get a a, 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 a run-of-the-mill apartment in Washington, D.C. for what you, you, you paid for this, and it gives you a place where you can have conferences unencumbered. And so I don't really see the problem, but, of course, there isn't a problem. The left is banking on the fact that in a jurisdiction like New York, they can come up with the flimsiest of pretenses to go after dissidents, to go after people who are pushing back against the narrative, and in your case, Peter, an immigration patriot, and uh, with... Their hope is, of course, to put us out of business. Am I right? Is, did I get that correct? That's right. I mean, they, they obviously are astonished that we've been able to. to they've never actually alleged anything against us. They just continue to demand more and more documents, which, which are extremely expensive to produce. For example, they want, want all of our email, millions and millions of emails over the last 20 years. To, to, get, to do that, we have to redact them. We have to go through the email and make sure that we're not betraying uh, any, any donors or writers. Uh, so that's extremely expensive thing to do. They just expect us to run out of money. And, and uh, on the legal side, we do have very generous legal donors. But on the other hand, we, 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 we're, uh, well, frankly, we're running, running out of money editorially because we, we, uh, so much of our time has been taken up with this and we've not been able to, to do our usual fundraising appeals. So, so you know, they, they can just bleed to death. And that's what, that, that's what they're doing. And that's why we've that... gone to federal courts and... Well, I've gone to well, federal court. I said this is an attack on our first, first Amendment rights. Um, yeah. we, we, you know, we, we hope that, that, that the federal court will, 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 will see that. And, of course, these people are very knowledgeable in their way to manipulate the system and continue to drag things out in a way that just causes insufferable financial pain yeah. for the people that they are targeting. Uh, is there... And the, first, the, you know, is, the process is the punishment is the way it's put. That's right. Yeah, that's a, that's an excellent way to word it. You worded it very excellent. The process is the punishment. Is there a chance that this actually goes before a jury? Is that, is that the end game here? We've got nowhere close to that now. They're just demanding documents. Now, on the other hand, we are in federal court, and, and, and a federal judge will rule on it shortly. So that, that if, we, if we're really lucky, that will knock them out. You know, but, but our experience with courts is very bad. So, so, uh, and yours is too, James, isn't it? So, well, so, you know, let's. So, uh, you know, go ahead. Well, let's just let's just let's just. Pay I mean, the, the thing the, is, let's just... the legal system in this country is complete. The legal system in this country is complete collapse. The the entire the entire uh, nomenclature, the entire ruling class, is, it, there's been a communist coup, and the country has been run by by leftist totalitarians, and that applies to people like Letitia James. They have no concept of law. They have no concept of due process. They just they just have a concept of power. Uh, uh, that they can just crush all their opponents and and uh, nobody will stop them. And that's what's going on here. Well, let's just look at the field right now as it stands with regards to how our people have fared in, in lawsuits, uh, whether they be the plaintiffs or the defendants. I mean, you mentioned my case, and it's, it's been talked about a lot over the years here, but I think it is an interesting one because we had the textbook definition of libel. On our side, and I was the plaintiff against the Detroit News. The, the textbook definition of libel was to allege that someone was a member of the Ku Klux Klan when, in point of fact, they are not and have never been. They, they alleged I was the leader of the Klan. And we got blown out of court. I mean, it was one of the most ridiculous rulings ever. But, of course, Peter, you have had uh, your uh, taken your lumps there as well. Now, I have to say, the we, we did win a case. We did win a libel case here in West Virginia 
against the local leftists who alleged that we were organizing an armed gang to suppress a, a, a Black well, Lives Matter demonstration. Now, there was a Black Lives Matter demonstration here in Brooklyn, and it was overwhelmed by a, a tremendous reaction of locals, actually a motorcycle club see. Uh, locally, who, who, who gathered around it and, and shouted down. But we had nothing to do with it. And the judge said, uh, you know, you've got to show that they, if you're going to allege this, you've got to show that there's actually a connection between be, be there and, uh, and this motorcycle club. And there was no connection. So she, so, so she threw it out of court and the guy had to settle. Well, this is West Virginia. This is, in New York State or in Michigan, I'm not sure that would have happened. I mean, your case was equally open and shut. And that Michigan court just made up law. To, to, it made up, I mean, it was this scandal what happened to you. Well, uh, that's it, the it thing. It really makes you, you know... The whole damn thing is coming apart. I mean, I mean uh, well, I mean, you look at the system. The, the, the system is what I call, that is an all-encompassing term for each of the institutions of power, be it media, academia, government, the courts, even the churches now to a large uh, degree. All of the systems now are criminally corrupt. However, there are always exceptions and outliers, and that's what we're talking about in the cases of the McCloskeys. You know, the, the, Letitia James and Alvin Bragg, and all of these people should be immediately disbarred. This is nothing except well, for fact, political uh, persecution. And, you know, in, the case of Alvin, uh, in the case of Alvin Bragg, who is the Manhattan DA, who's indicted Trump on ridiculous charges, uh, you know, Alan Dershowitz actually said in his, that, uh, that, that, that Bragg is... is uh, is, is, is risking disbarment. And the reason for that is that he's doing exactly what Letitia James is doing. He's relying on outright assertions of falsehood to the court. So to, he's lying to the judge in order, in order to get this uh, case moved move forward. And they, uh, so as an officer of the court, he's, he's breaking all kinds of uh, uh, regulations that, that, the, that lawyers are supposed to operate under. Now, whether or not they'll enforce those regulations is a different matter. But the fact is, he is a, is a matter of black and white uh, law. He's in violation of them. And that's well, maybe, maybe. Was, <laughs> and that worked with, with, that worked with this, the, the knife on the, 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 the prosecutor in Durham who was trying, trying to lynch those, those uh, Duke law students, those Duke students uh, for, for the, the, in, the, in, well, the, in that, that rape see? So it does work. Well, I mean, look, I didn't know if you were using the, 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 the term black and white uh, law as, as a pun or not, because I think so much of this comes down to jurisdiction. I lost a case, an open and shut case. We should have won with a great attorney. I got to anytime I bring this case up, I got to I got to do a tip of the hat to Kyle Bristow, uh, the, the, a phenomenal lawyer, phenomenal, phenomenally uh, argued my case there. But that should have been an open and shut win. We lost in Detroit, but you won in West Virginia, and that's the thing. I, I think you can sometimes, even though the system is criminally corrupt. And of course, Jared won, you know. Well, you know, if I can just interrupt you, you know, sure. the, the, the state of Tennessee, which of course is controlled by Republicans, you know. Jared did win to have the to conferences stop there. Stop, they tried to stop Jared from having this conference, in, 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 which is coming up in August. Uh, 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 Bell by forcing them to pay the, 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 the security costs. Now, of course, that's all been litigated in the past, and, 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 and uh, they should never have brought that case because the civil rights era made it very clear the state has to protect people in these situations. And he won there. Jared won there. And he, and, but and I don't know. You know what, Peter? A, a, I'll tell you. A judge... I don't know if, if Jared wins that case in San Francisco. I mean, even though the law is open and shut. I mean, again, no, I think right. you're... You're, 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 you're sort of agreeing with me there is that the jurisdiction matters. Jared won that case in Tennessee. He lost his case against Twitter in, in California. Uh, you've won some, we win some, lose some, don't we? Uh, but, but that, that's the thing. And then, you know, but it, here's Trump and well, New you know, York. The other I mean, thing he, that gets me about this, 
the other thing that gets me about this, uh, and it goes to what Jared, you're having Jared on next, aren't you? And, and he's going to talk about how he, he arrives in Dirk or wherever it was and finds he can't go on to this conference because the, the, his uh, ban, the Schengen area ban, uh, part of the European Union, that have banned him for completely fallacious reasons. It was a three-year ban, and they extended it for, to five years. He didn't know and didn't tell him. So the only way he can find out is if he shows up in Zurich and, and he, he, you know, and he's made to go back. Now, this is an example of another thing which is true in, in, in our, our case in, in New York. They completely disregard all, all norms, all normal courtesy between lawyers and so on. I mean, is, you, is your music coming up? It, it is coming up, and I'll tell you, this, this is, I, I look and well, I'm aghast. Basically, basically, they just disregard, they don't just disregard, just disregard ethical standards, they just disregard all kinds of normal uh, courtesy between lawyers. Because We're going to tell you. Complete contempt and complete arrogance. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll tell you what you can do to help Peter Brimelow next. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Looking for an IT partner that truly understands your needs? Managed IT Services is the answer. We meet with you regularly to discuss your goals and form a tailored technology plan. Our customers have called us a trusted advisor who delivers. When it comes to IT, we do it all. Firewalls, cloud storage, server migration, and more. Say goodbye to long-term contracts and hello to a team that earns your business month after month. Call 801-706-6980 now and let Managed IT Services transform your IT experience. Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to LocalHoneyMan.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at LocalHoneyMan.com. One more segment with Peter Bremelow, VDare.com, and here's how we're going to play it. Uh, I want you to know that the focus of this segment is to we'll, we'll remind you about the VDare Summer Conference, which is coming up, how you can sign up, how you can be there, how you can be in the company and in the presence of uh, the great Peter Bremelow. We're also going to tell you how you can help VDare uh, as they face this current assault. But before we do that, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Peter Bremelow, and I'm going to tell Peter something from me to him that I want you to hear. We're going to get to all of that in just a second, but uh, obviously the overall 
topic uh, this uh, hour is is lawfare. We saw it uh, in the Charlottesville civil trial. We saw it with the Trump arrest and indictment in New York, uh, the E. Jean Carroll uh, situation, how that played out. Uh, Trump will still be indicted in Atlanta. That You just hide and watch. That's coming up later this year. Uh, the January 6th. It's, it can be criminal, it can be civil, it doesn't matter. The goal is to ruin and destroy financially, if not put you in prison. The guy, by the way, that's another great feature by our friend Neil Kumar for VDAIR.com this week. Uh, Richard Barnett, uh, the man who put his feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk. That'll cost you four and a half years, sir. Four and a half years for putting his feet on uh, her desk. And uh, believe me, he knows that people can burn down cities with absolute immunity. You have Stuart Rhodes and some of the Proud Boys. 18 years for Stuart Rhodes uh, for the so-called uh, insurrection and seditious uh, conspiracy, sedition. I wouldn't want to be Daniel Penny right now in New York. People always say, well, you know, no, no black man in the South could have gotten a fair trial with an all-white jury. Would you want to be a white man now with an all-non-white jury in a place like New York or Atlanta? I ask you that question, and you look at the places where people like yours truly and Jared Taylor and Peter Brimelow have had some success and some losses. You look at the jurisdictions. Uh, there is uh, something to be said about that, but Right now, VDARE is facing a certain crucible, I think. And let me give you a little bit more about the background of Peter Brimelow, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to know this. Born in England, Peter came to the United States to attend Stanford Graduate School of Business. He then spent four decades as a financial journalist, working for a number of prominent publications, including, listen to this, The Wall Street Journal, Barron's, Fortune, Forbes and Market Watch. Now, he did, of course, go on to write Alienation, as we mentioned before launching VDARE on Christmas Eve of 1999. But the point is, Peter Brimelow didn't need any of this. We need Peter Brimelow more than he needed the cause. And he's done more for the cause than the cause has done for him. And that's one of the things I love about being able to talk to people like Peter Brimelow and Jared Taylor. They could have done anything. If Peter Brimelow had stayed in the respectable conservative lane with Larry Kudlow he'd be at all the cocktail parties he wouldn't have he wouldn't have this this lawfare uh, by Letitia James being he'd just been a good little Republican if he hadn't told the truth about immigration he would have had any of this trouble he would have had all the money in the world all the prestige but Peter you know you did it for a cause greater than ourselves why did you do it <laughs> but you didn't need it. used to ask me that question <laughs> <laughs> you know what, James? We have, I think, we have children the same age, don't we? In spite of my advanced uh, years, we I, do. Uh, we I do. Have children with my wife, much younger than I do. And, and I, what's going to happen to them uh, when this country becomes majority non-binary? When it ceases to be America? Uh, ultimately, that's what that's that's I think what 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 motivates us. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, uh, I guess I'm, I'm just uh, an immigrant doing a dirty job. It just really got on my nerves. A dirty job the Americans won't do. It really got on my nerves that this country was being transformed to a ridiculous way, uh, an absurd way, and you weren't supposed to talk about it. So that's why in, in uh, 1992 I wrote this big cover story for National Review, Time to Rethink Immigration, and, and uh, then that became Alien Nation in 95. And for a brief period there in the 90s, you know, National Review was, was on the side of the angels in, in the immigration debate. And then, of course, Bill Buckley stabbed us in the back. 
and it took us nearly 20 years to get the issue back into politics. And of course, those 20 years may, may have proved to be decisive, but, but, but we have to continue to fight. Well, 20 years ago, it was a different world. I mean, you know, we, we talk about the 50s being the halcyon days of the American experiment, but when I was coming of age, uh, well, as a, when I was coming into my adulthood in the in the late 90s and early 2000s, I mean, the Confederate flag still flew atop the South Carolina State House. I mean, it was a different world even as recently as, as, as 20 years ago. And uh, it's not to say that there aren't some things that are going on now that put us in better position for future success than we're going on then, because I do believe that there are. But that's a, a different topic for another another program. But uh, anyway, Peter, let's refocus now. I think one of the and, functions we have, one of the functions we have at uh, the uh, uh, dot com is to, is to, is to uh, uh, point out uh, is to bring ideas into the debate there are lots of things uh, that the historic American nation could do if it, if, if it was in the situation it was in 2016 when they had control of the executive branch and the legislative branch above all abolish birthright citizenship that's even more important than getting control of the border because because you know it's going to be take, take a lot of work to deport these people. And Trump's absolutely right that there should be a, a deportation force, but they, they must not be allowed to enter the political nation. They must not be allowed to enter the political nation and vote. And the way to do that is to stop their children from from, get, from, from being well, American citizens and automatically getting the vote. Even in this late stage of uh, and there's a lot of other America. things if you want me to rant on about this. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of other things that could be done. Uh, you know, people. You know, there, there are, there's, there's immigration. Those are immigration. There's a reason why these populations shouldn't, shouldn't be made to leave. And I, I, I would make birthright citizenship of abolition retroactive. Anybody who came in after a certain point uh, during the, I mean, certainly all these people who came in, uh, whose parents came in under the Biden, the Biden brush, which is obviously impeachable. He should be impeached for what he's done on the border. But none of those should become citizens. So all kinds of things that could be done. It's just this question of will, the will. And of course, and if, if, which isn't being knowing, knowing about it. I mean, my observation of Republicans is that they just don't think a lot, uh, and they just don't have ideas a lot. The Democrats think around, think, sit around, thinking of nasty things that they can do to their enemies all the time. But the Republicans just want to go out and play golf. So uh, I don't play golf. Uh, <laughs> so I sit around thinking of nasty things we can do to them. <laughs> Well, I tell you know, of course, even in this late stage of American decline, if whites would vote as a block, if whites had enough sense, as much sense as all of the other racial groups have, we could still turn it around today. Uh, uh, yes, yeah. uh, just, just look what's happened. Just look what's happened here in West Virginia. I mean, 30 years ago, this was an overwhelmingly Democratic state. It's a state that's 95 percent white. And now it's overwhelmingly Republican. Uh, you know, uh, Morgan County, where in Berkeley Springs, where where, where Berkeley Springs Castle is located, Trump carried it by 40 points, and it, it's overwhelmingly white state, 95% white. And you know, it's desperately poor, James. You, you know what the rural South is like. It's desperately oh, yes. poor, but they all are. They're still flying Trump flags, and they, my people, they, they they just at some very very deep level, they realize that the Democrat Party hates them, and so their their response is to leave. And they've just left overwhelmingly. And I can't say they that just, because they're the West Virginia. Well, they need a champion. I don't think they need a, They need no, a right, champion, right. Peter. But and the, they the, need the, a champion. The great thing that the West Right. Well, they've got one with you, but this is the point. Go they've ahead. got one with you. They've got one with you. I mean, they need one as a presidential candidate. They need one as a president or as a representative or as a senator who's going to say, yes, I stand for the dispossessed majority. I stand for the people who vote for me. Uh, but uh, they do have champions, and that's why we can't spare people like Peter Brimelow and Jared Taylor, V-Dare and American Renaissance, back-to-back -back on the program tonight. But 
I, I Peter, with about five minutes remaining, maybe a little less than that, I want to refocus and just say this, uh, two things. Sign up for VDARE's 2023 Summer Conference. You go to VDARE.com. You can sign up for a cancel-proof conference within the stunning stone walls of the Berkeley Springs Castle in uh, rural Berkeley Springs, West Virginia. You'll be able to meet Peter Brimelow, uh, Steve Saylor, James Kirk. Patrick and other great patriots. So you can do that at vdare.com. But the main reason we had Peter on tonight uh, was to talk about this lawfare as it is afflicting vdare and Peter. And this this whole thing, I love what the left does. Even their interns are making more than, <laughs> you know, they're making six figures. Uh, the, their lowest level grunts are making six figures, and then their principals are making millions and millions of dollars. Like, well, Peter's got a you know, castle. Vidar's got a castle. Well, it's a castle that it's a, it's a great buy. I mean, what Lydia did there in finding this property, you go to, you couldn't get an apartment. We said this earlier. You couldn't get an apartment in Washington, D.C. for that, and you can have venues there, and it's the Vidar headquarters and their offices and all of that. Uh, so, and I read these things. Well, we're, only, this, we're, only, this, we're only two hours. We're only two hours from the U.S. Capitol. Anytime you want to launch an insurrection, it's a state. It's a state <laughs> Don't get me. T- you maybe, know it's in maybe, my blood, Peter. Maybe I shouldn't Don't have get said me that. tipped. <laughs> well, he's joking. That's tongue in cheek, but you know it's in my blood. So my my ancestors did. Uh, but it, it, the, the the left will say, you know, dissident X is raking in the money on Odyssey or bitch. He makes like you know six hundred bucks in a year. Anyway, it's all trumped up. It's all bogus. But it is what's real is VDARE is under attack, and we can't spare them. We cannot spare the, an organization that's at the tip of our spear. And with a minute or two remaining, Peter, let people know how they can help VDARE tonight in response to this attack by the Attorney General of the State of New York. Well, honestly, the best thing to do is to go to vdare.com slash donate and donate to our general fund, uh, which is still tax deductible. They haven't, they haven't gotten around to, uh, to, to, to challenging our tax deductibility right now. And that will enable us to pay writers uh, and, and our, our support staff. Which is which is what we desperately need to do right now. We're, we're, she's driven. Letitia James has driven us to the wall, and so we need need everybody's help. Well, you know, we always say when we lose a credit card processor, when we lose a, a social media platform, you know, it's 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 a threat. It, it pushes you back. But this really does. Now, weird, weirdly, weirdly, but this is something else. This is something next level. Card. We still have a credit card processor. Uh, because basically, because we, we threaten them with legal action, and, and, and that seems to stall us. Stall them. Of course, they'll take it away eventually. By the way, did you realize that Paul From has been banned from Twitter? I just realized that. Yes, I, in fact, you know, we talked about that. We were all banned on the same day. Paul From, yours truly, right. Kevin McDonald, Tom Sunich, and, and many others, all banned at the same day at the same time. And so, no, not us. Yeah. We're, we're still on Twitter. Uh, well, uh, God bless you. I hope you can stay there. But it, it's also we, you know, we, random. Are you on, are you on Gab, James? Are you Gavin? No, I, I, I'm a technophobe, you know, Peter, but I'll... I'll, I'll Come on, people you've got been to get a Gavin. Andrew Tobb is a great guy. He's a great guy. Oh, I know, I know. And and listen, so are you. And uh, I want to encourage you, everyone, vdare.com slash donate. We cannot spare Peter Brimelow and vdare. They are trying to put them out. That is what this is all about. They didn't do anything wrong. We know they didn't do anything wrong. The people... Attacking them? No, they didn't do anything wrong. Letitia James knows that. It is all about trying to take them out. And we have to stand with our champions. We have to stand with our people in the ring. Peter Brimelow, right there, always. has been there for over 20 years as one of our greatest spokesmen and representatives. Folks, vdare.com, sign up for the conference, help them out, read about the attack they're facing, and stand with them. Peter, we love you. God bless you. We'll talk again soon. You're listening to the Political Cesspool. 
on ResolutionRDO.com. Call and listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607-203-5423. You're listening to Resolution Radio. 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 ResolutionRDO.com. Are you prepared to bug out? Infidel Body Armor and an Army Ranger have produced a high-speed DVD and book to show you how to drive in combat, patrol, and how to survive in combat. Skills you'll need when it hits the fan. Go to DrivenDVD.com. DrivenDVD.com. Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, the American Freedom Party, dot U.S. In ancient times, man roamed the earth in a constant state of hunting or being hunted. Introducing Caveman, where cutting-edge science meets ancient super nutrients. Secure your bottle right now at InfoWarsStore.com. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more, up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. As I said, from one lion to the next, from one hero to the next, Peter Brimelow in the first hour, now Jared Taylor, editor of American Renaissance, author of the groundbreaking book, Paved with Good Intentions, The Failure of Race Relations in Contemporary America. That was back in the early 90s. Peter and I were just saying the early 90s felt like the 50s (laughs) compared to where we're at today. Uh, And he's going to be on to talk with us about current events, future events, and even uh, one particular past event. But let's first say hello to him. Jared, welcome back to the show. It's always great to have you on. And you've been on a lot. Thank you so much, James. Always a pleasure and always an honor. 
Uh, uh, entirely ours, as I always tell you. But I got to tell you one more thing. You know, Peter was on with us in the first hour. He he stuck around. He said he's going to stick around and listen. He heard you were coming up. He's listening now. He wanted me to tell you hello. And so Ooh. that message has now been delivered from one friend to another. Well, well, glad to have that message. And of course, if he's listening, my very best to you, Peter. Uh, two men who have shared scars and shared the trenches and uh, shared their share of attacks, and uh, the attacks never uh, seemingly end. Uh, they, they only escalate. They only get a little more uh, vicious. But, uh, Jared, I, I, want to spend, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, I, but I do want to spend a little bit of time because I th- it's, it's, it's interesting, if nothing else. But a couple of weeks ago, you and I were talking, and uh, you told me about this ambitious itinerary to Europe, and I was listening about all the places you were going to be going to, to visit, and all of the people you were going to be speaking to. And i got to tell you, my eyes widened and my mouth watered. Uh, give us 30 seconds on some of the stops you were going to make and some of the things you were going to be doing. I was going to, first of all, be at the Skansa Forum. That was a great meeting, I understand. Uh, some of the most active activists and some of the wisest thinkers of uh, our movement were there. This is something that's organized by Frodi Midjord, of uh, one of our Norwegian comrades. And, uh, uh, oh, uh, I won't go into all the list of people who are going to be there, but it was you can look him up, and it was a, a great conference. I was supposed to be the closer. And uh, I was unable to attend that. And then I was going to go to the Netherlands. And uh, I was going to meet uh, several people whose names I will not divulge publicly because it might be an embarrassment to them. And I was going to give a talk to a group <laughs> there. Then I was going to go to Brussels and give a talk in Brussels and then another talk in Antwerp. And then Uh, This is really one of the big events on the itinerary. I was going to fly down to the south of France and visit the chateau where Renaud Camus lives. Uh, Our uh, well-tuned-in listeners no doubt know that he is the wise and uh, elder statesman Frenchman who came up with the grand replacement, le grand remplacement, as he puts it. He has been active in protecting Europe for decades and decades now. He has cancer. And I'm not sure how many more years he has on this planet. And that was really going to be the highlight of my trip after having interviewed and done podcasts with about four or five people in uh, Tallinn, Estonia, where the Skansa Forum was going to be, also in Holland, also in, in, uh, uh, in Belgium. He and I were going to have a conversation in French, and then uh, I was going to record a conversation in English. And so all that went completely to heck. And then after that, I was going to drive to Lausanne, Switzerland, and give another talk in French to a group there. So I had a full schedule. You had a full schedule, and I was looking at some of the pictures of of Estonia, uh, that medieval capital city that they have there, and thinking, my God, what a wonderful experience it would have been to have been there. You had all of these trips laid out. That does not just fall into place. That takes months and months of planning and preparation. And then you got on the plane, and you got on the plane, and you embarked on your trip, and what happened next? I was supposed to change planes in Zurich, Switzerland, for Tallinn, Estonia. And lo and behold, I was called out of line by a very nice, uh, very nice Swiss customs lady, and she said, well, there, "There seems to be a bit of a problem here. I'm sure we can take care of it, and you will not miss your plot, miss your flight." Well, uh, as soon as I heard that, uh, I thought she was probably <laughs> you wrong. You better. 
Ah, because this had happened to me before. It makes me sound like an idiot. But then she took me to a windowless room where the police authorities informed me that uh, I was banned from the entire 27-member Schengen area. Now, as I say, this is not the first time. I was on my way to yet another Sconza forum. This was back in 2019. And the Swiss told me that there was an order out from the government of Poland saying that I was persona non grata in Poland. And because there are no border controls within the 27-member contiguous countries that are part of this Schengen group, in order to keep me out of Poland, keep me from poisoning the air, overthrowing the regime, they had to keep me out of the entire 27-member area. But they said... It's a three-year ban. And so the three years were up. I felt sure both the Poles and the Swiss could count to three. And during that time, I had not set foot in Poland. I hadn't even told a Polish joke. So I thought the Poles would have absolutely no reason to want to keep me out. But lo and behold, I guess somebody is keeping an eye on me and decided, boy, this guy is just as bad as ever. We're going to extend his ban by two years. So, and, and you don't get a notification it, when this happens. No, this isn't like they, no. they inform you that hey, we actually just upped your your nope. your band a couple of years. You just find out when nope. you get there, and <laughs> there's no way to find That's out beforehand. Right. Well, you know, it turns out there may have been there is this obscure website in Polish, and you uh, cruise around in that, and apparently, if you pay a stamp tax and have a representative in Poland on your behalf write to the Ministry of Foreigners, you may or may not get an answer as to whether you're banned or not. Now, it doesn't seem to me that there's any way that I can, I can find out why I'm banned. I have a suspicion as to why that is. When I was in Poland in 2018, I talked to a Catholic national group called All, All Polish Youth. They are a perfectly above board, perfectly legal and patriotic, not the least bit anything illegal about them. Why on earth my having spoken to them would be a cause for alarm? I do not know. But it was the very same month when I spoke to all Polish youth that apparently the ban went into effect. Now, I never had any it's, contact it's, with Polish authorities. Based nations yeah. that can surprise you. I believe I remember uh, based Hungary with Viktor Orban turning away Bill Regnery some years ago in a similar manner. And then Poland, you know, Poland, I remember covering on this program that the parliament of Poland actually coronated Jesus Christ as king of the nation. And, and so it, it was Poland that gave yes. you the, the, the problem and not one of the more left-leaning members of the no. Schengen uh, no. alignment. And as I say, Polish youth, all Polish youth, is a very Catholic organization. They begin every meeting with prayers. They end every meeting with prayers. They absolutely eschew any kind of illegality, any kind of illegality. And their idea is that they want Polish children to be brought up as patriotic Poles and Christians. That is their goal. And I have spoken to, <clears throat> between you and me, rather more rowdy groups than that, but it was the Poles <laughs> who decided that that was beyond the pay. So here I am. Now, yeah, my two-year ban is a turn. Uh, uh, if they don't try to extend my two-year ban, it'll be up in September. But I don't think I'm just going to roll them bones and show up in the Schengen group <laughs> and see if I get turned back again. Uh, we'll have to do better than that after, after uh, a, a couple of strikes. But uh, strike three and we're out. We'll be back with Jared Taylor for Emren.com. A couple of more questions about this experience, and we're going to move on to... Uh, more happy topics. 
The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. You know, we're obviously quite proud of the fact, and it's easy to know that we are because we mention it just about every broadcast, the longevity of this particular program, 19 years now. And over those 19 years, there has not been a single guest who has appeared more frequently than the one we have right now, and for good reason, Jared Taylor of American Renaissance, Amren.com. We have so much we want to cover with Jared tonight, and we're going to get to that in very short order. I just want to mop up uh, this uh uh, what we were talking about in the opening segment there. And uh, that is, of course, he had this beautiful and ambitious itinerary that was scuttled for really no reason. I mean, obviously, had Jared been a uh, a Muslim, for instance, uh, who had uh, snuck in with the intent to do harm, he would have had far less of a burden <laughs> than he did as well, who he is, which is, of course, a genteel truth teller, a gentleman, a cavalier from Virginia, uh, and he got turned away. Now, I, I, I guess, Jared, this could be instructive for anybody in our audience who may face similar circumstances should they be traveling to Europe and turned away. Uh, what happened after you were informed that, indeed, you were not going to be uh, accepted in uh, beyond uh, the customs area of the airport? Did you get <laughs> your own? Did you get a cell for the night or what happens then? No, uh, I was, uh, the next plane was leaving in about four hours. So they stuck it on me and back, stuck me on it and back I went. So all told, I spent about 24 hours either sitting on an airplane or sitting in a windowless cell. So the only bit of Europe I saw was what I managed to see out the window. 
Now, the first time I was turned back at Zurich Airport, I have bad luck with that airport. They did have to hold me overnight. And they stuck me in a kind of a, oh, it's hard to describe. It's uh, a bunch of little, oh, they're like benches that are separated by curtains. It's like an, a, a whole bunch of examining rooms in a hospital, except not as big. And they stuck me in there with various other undesirables that uh, they were keeping an eye on. And that's when I went back to the United States after I spent the night. So they, they do what they need to make sure you don't go anywhere they don't want you to go. Now, a real disadvantage with this is when they put one of these stamps in your passport, they make a special indication on it that says that I was rejected, sent back. And I tell you, I went to Ireland a couple of months ago, and they saw that stamp. Now, Ireland is not part of the Schengen Group, but they said, oh, why were you rejected from, from Zurich Airport back in 2019? I haven't heard this story. What did you say? Yes. I said, I honestly said, I don't know. Now, do you think they believe you if you say that? <laughs> they said, the well, well, it's the truth. And the thing is, the thing is, Ordinarily, an American who goes into Ireland gets an automatic uh, three months legal stay. Well, they wanted me to show proof that I had a flight back out of Ireland, and they put a special visa in my passport that said, you're allowed only to stay until your return flight. Now, uh, <laughs> yes. Now, Wait, when is, people, I got to say, Jared, this is offensive yes. because as a man who knows you and has known you for a long time, anybody who's ever met you would know the injustice of all of this. And I, I, I don't like to do the whining thing. Oh, woe nope. is me. But at the same time, let's just get frank here. The, the, this, this is crazy. Now, in a way, you can't blame the Irish. They couldn't go into the Schengen system and understand why somebody wanted me out. But now I have two of these rejected by Schengen black marks in my passport. It, to me, it's like walking into a police station with two shiners and complaining of being attacked <laughs> or attacking. I don't know. It is a very bad thing. I haven't tried to cross a border since then. But yikes, people are going to look at that and say, wow, you are either a very illegal guy or awfully stupid trying to go back to Schengen when you were banned they're gonna, once. They're going to look you up and down and say, this guy looks like trouble. <laughs> they are. Well, now, when they, they kick you out, uh, they, yes. obviously they don't reimburse you for all no. of the connecting flights you would have missed upon the, the rest of your travels that were going to no. be over a, a period of a couple of weeks. Do they comp the return flight for you? or? Well, at least I didn't pay extra for it, but a simple round trip to Zurich would have been less than my flight over to Europe and back because I was coming back from Zurich rather than Tallinn. And also I had internal flights, silly me, they were uh, non-reimbursable. And I had a couple of hotel rooms that were also uh, non-reimbursable. So I was out a lot of dough and nothing to show for it and hundreds of people who I stood up. It's it's really, really an embarrassing, awful thing. But uh, I'm glad to report that there was one French journalist publication that looked into what happened, and they did a very nice write-up. It's available, available only in French. But uh, they interviewed me, and they were shocked by this, and uh, they were very sympathetic, and they wrote a standard write-up, uh, a very straight write-up, saying this is how the Schengen Group keeps... Uh, Let's see, what do they call it? They call it uh, worrisome journalists out of the country. They call me a journalist. 
Uh, oh, which, wow. Which We've been called worse than that, have we not? We sure have. We sure have. So that's the one medium that has taken some interest in my plight. But, yeah, it, it's infuriating. It's outrageous. And the last time this happened, I called the State Department. I said, look, Poland's supposed to be an allied country. They're mistreating me. They're bouncing me from 27 different countries, and they wouldn't even tell me why. And the, the U.S. State Department looked into it, and they got back to me and said, uh, this is a decision by a foreign government. Uh, there's nothing we can do about it. Of course, uh, if I were a tattooed, uh, pot-smoking, lesbian, uh, negress basketball player, I think they would have thought of something to do. Oh, they could figure it out then, can they not? They They'll do prisoner could. exchanges. It'll be the biggest news story in the country off and mm -hmm. on intermittently mm -hmm. for months. And, uh, That's right. But me? Best thing that ever happened to her. Well, and she had broken a law. I hadn't broken any laws. This is completely out of the blue. No warning. So you didn't no have a pound of pot in your suitcase. <laughs> no, no. I didn't even have a pound of potatoes. No, nothing at all. No contraband, no nothing. So anyway, well, that's the end of this, uh, this unhappy story. Yeah, we want to move on from this. We've yes. already spent a little more time than I had intended, but I think it's it, people need to know that you know, and, and I think it ties into to Peter Brivolo. I, I, you, you two guys, uh, who mm -hmm. I am uh, fortunate enough to legitimately be able to call you friends, I, I look at you and I say, these are the guys that had it made. Now, these guys didn't need the calls. They've done more for us than the calls has done for them. They would have uh, had all the nice cocktail parties. They would have had. A lot of money they wouldn't have had all of the headache but still uh, they 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 sacrificed and in sacrificing you've done and you and peter i think i mean there are others who have done varying degrees of good uh but uh, hard pressed to say who's done more than peter brimelow and jared taylor i mean you you're you're, you're got to be up you're at the, the very top and and so you know for that we thank you oh james there are huge rewards how else would i have gotten to know somebody like you no, or peter or sam dixon i'm i'm serious and the greatest no, reward the yes the greatest reward the greatest reward is knowing that i'm doing my duty that is a wonderful feeling i can go to bed at night That's and Robert i can Lee. say to myself and sh i'm sure when you go to bed at night no matter how hard it's I been no matter tough you feel the same way i'd have had more money and i had a lot less stress but i'll tell you there's nothing. This is the truth. And what Jared is talking yes. about is absolutely true. And believe me, for anybody who regularly appears on this program, they mean it. I mean it. He means it. Uh, it, it, it to live a life worth living is worth more than comfort and uh, not being embattled and having a little bit more money. There is nothing I wanted to do more than involve myself in this cause. And there's nothing that I could have done better. And there's nothing much else I wanted to do. I this is it. This was it for me. And once it got into my blood, I always wanted to find ways to apply myself. And this is it. And this and to know people who share in this struggle. It is a fraternity. It is a band of brothers, yes. not to use the yes. term of that HBO docuseries. But there is something there are rewards. Folks, yes, there are. don't don't let me lead you astray. There are rewards uh, that are far and beyond the temporal rewards that most people believe that one must attain on this very short period uh, that we have in life. Uh, but there are rewards, and we have, we, have, we have won them. Well, James, as I recall, the last time you spoke at an American Renaissance conference, I believe the title of your talk was The Best Decision I Ever Made. Am I correct? Ah, you remember. I, that is it. That is right. <laughs> yes. Well, well, it was. It was then, and it still is. Uh, that was... Yes. Uh, that was uh, about seven years. That was, the, you know, I'll remember it. Of course, I remember that because it was uh, the spring of 2016 when we were in the uh, the 
furnace of our tribulation vis-a-vis -vis our association with the or real or imagined with the Donald Trump campaign that was coming up yes. right after the interview we had with Donald Trump Jr. And yeah, anyway, no, it is it is the best. I mean, it, we're, we're digressing here a little bit. I mean, it, it is worth doing, and we know the rewards. People who are in this cause know the rewards. But for people outside, you're thinking, wow, you sacrificed all of the comforts that you would have had. There is a higher calling than that, and um, and Jared has answered it. As have you, and have others. Well, and as have Peter. I mean, Peter's under a great yes. attack right now. I mean, you know, being Indeed. banned from travel, being deplatformed from social media or credit card processors. I mean, that's not, you know, being, being attacked by the Attorney General of New York is, a, is, a, mm. is certainly a next-level type of thing. But, hey, Jared, we have seconds remaining. Actually, we don't even have that. I have the, I have the music playing now. I hear it very faintly in my headset. When we come back, we're going to shift gears. We're going to talk to Jared about current events. And then we're going to tell you about a conference that you might want to consider attending. Another one. Uh, this one's coming up in August, uh, just a little bit west of Nashville. Stay tuned. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Jerry Barmash. Sources close to the debt ceiling talk say it's possible a deal can still be reached today. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and President Biden were expected to speak by phone this evening, CNN reported. A final sticking point is work requirements for social programs, CNN said. McCarthy noted earlier in the day that there has been progress in efforts to raise the debt ceiling before defaulting on June 5th. The Texas House has decided to impeach Attorney General Ken Paxson. The vote was 121 to 23, with Paxson now suspended from office pending a Senate trial. John Smithy is a Republican member of the Texas House. I'm not here to defend Ken Paxson. And what you're being asked to do today is to impeach without evidence. It is all rumor, it is all innuendo, it is all speculation. The Republican-led House General Investigating Committee filed 20 articles of impeachment against Paxson with allegations ranging from disregard of official duty to bribery and obstruction of justice. Vice President Kamala Harris made history today. Vice President Harris is the first woman to deliver the commencement address at the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. Harris told the graduates that they are entering a world filled with threats to global security and stability. Cadets, global security and global prosperity depend on the leadership of the United States of America. And a strong America remains indispensable to the world. This July will mark the 47th anniversary that women were first admitted to West Point. I'm John Schaefer. Many of the expected 10 million travelers by air have already reached their weekend destination. The TSA says recent changes should lead to a smoother check-in, but they urge people to arrive two hours before departure. This is USA News. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan, double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. 
Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Welcome back, everybody, with uh, Jared Taylor. I'm James Edwards, and uh, we continue on right now. I was going to ask Jared in the previous segment to give us a little sneak peek about what he would have been speaking about in his various stops in Europe had he been able to get out of the airport. Uh, but, uh, alas, that was not meant to be. And uh, But listen, you actually don't even need to know that. If you've ever been to an American Renaissance conference, I believe you probably have an idea. And if you have not been to an American Renaissance conference, uh, you can rectify uh, that gross misallocation of your time by attending the next one, uh, which will be coming up in August. And we'll give you a little bit more information about that before this hour ends. But you can find out for yourself at amran.com. Uh, but first, I, I want to talk to Jared. We're going to do a quick hit rapid fire fast as we can go segment here on different uh, topics that are in the news right now i'll uh lob a coach pitch type of loft to jared and uh, we'll let him hit it out of the park how does that sound to you jared <laughs> uh-oh uh, yeah a fat one right across the plate <laughs> it's coming your way right now so we'll cover these as quickly as we can and we'll have a little fun with it so the proliferation of non-white white supremacists the media is so desperate for somebody like us to act out that uh and, and they, they've been deprived of that uh, and so they continue to cast non-whites in the roles that they would wish us to have we saw that a couple of weeks ago in texas with mauricio garcia now, they tried that some years ago with uh, George Zimmerman, which was the first time I ever heard the term uh, white Hispanic. Uh, perhaps it existed before then, but that was the first time. And, then, of course, justice was served there. I didn't think he was guilty of murder, and, and, the, and the courts uh, agreed. But nevertheless, Mauricio Garcia was a white supremacist. And now you have the situation in Washington, D.C. One of our uh, friends from Effingham, Illinois, uh, sent me an article if I'm pronouncing this correctly, Sai Varshith Kandula. This doesn't sound Anglo-Saxon to me. They're calling him a white supremacist. Now, this is obviously a guy who is not white, uh, but who drove an empty U-Haul into one of the barriers, not uh, somewhat close to the White House, I guess, relatively close anyway, <laughs> not, not close enough to cause any mortal threat to anybody inside. Uh, but in NBC, MSNBC, CNN, The Washington Post, and other media certainly uh, were able to show the evil Nazi flag there sprawled on the pavement for all to see. It still looked uh, to have all the creases as if it were just brought out of the box. They didn't have the time, though, to show you a picture of the suspect himself at the time who they were calling a white supremacist. So we've seen this, Jared. What are, you, what are, what are your takes on these stories? No, it's quite astonishing. And uh, to me, it's fascinating the way not only they call this guy white supremacist, he, he did, he apparently did have a Nazi flag. 
but he's obviously not white. You've seen photographs of him later on. And then the other non-white white supremacist that they love to talk about is Enrique Tarrio. He's the leader of the Proud Boys. He is, he's from Cuba. He's clearly black. But they say that this guy, too, is a white supremacist. But it's, uh, it's like anything else these days. The demand for white supremacists far outstrips the <laughs> supply. It's like racism. That's why you have all these race hoaxes. People, people think, oh, we've got to prove that we are an oppressed people, so they'll gin up some race hoax. Well, the Biden administration and all the people that we're supposed to look up to and admire tell us that white supremacy and terrorism are a terrible threat. And so, yep, they gin up these phony things, and then there's some crazy people that fall for it, obviously goofballs, and they say, look, look, another white supremacist. But what this guy, what this guy actually stands for is very difficult to say. Apparently, he thought he was going to march into the White House and, if need be, kill Joe Biden and take control. Apparently, he admired Adolf Hitler because he was a strong leader. So what do you make of this? Well, once again, white supremacy is on the loose. Well, and we saw that with uh, Mauricio Garcia in uh, that suburb of Dallas last month, uh, purportedly. Yes. And it didn't look entirely convincingly real to me but we'll take it uh, at face value that he had a swastika tattoo tattoo but he also had a, a black uh, a black panthers sort of a patch or tattoo as well yes. uh, so i don't know if this was some sort of a you know any sort of rebellious cause goes type of thing but he was a, a white supremacist too even though he's obviously non-white and, and you, we saw it in memphis where we had the five black police officers who beat to death this uh, black uh, man in Memphis back earlier this year. And they, too, were, if not white supremacists, at least under the influence of white supremacy. Exactly, exactly. Whenever a non-white person does something which, if a white person had done, it would be called racist, then the non-white perpetrator is an agent of white supremacy. Yes, indeed. Uh, it uh, Well, and the other thing is, you know, the ADL, the ADL keeps this list of white supremacist violence. And I can assure you that this Mauricio Garcia and this unpronounceable guy and Enrico Tario, anything that they ever get convicted of, that's going to go into the category of white supremacist violence because they are absolutely starved for it. Un they can't unscrupulous. No, What's that's, that? That's right. No, they're starved for it. They need it so yes. bad, but they can't find yes. it from the people right. who, who they believe should be doing it. And so mm -hmm. this is what you got. Okay, so that, that being said, how about this? Uh, the NAACP issuing a travel warning against the state of Florida. Now, you see, you've seen this in the past. Like, you know, the State Department may say it might not be a good idea to travel to Mogadishu. They won't list the reasons, but we can pretty much uh, surmise. Uh, yes. But you've got a similar thing, the NAACP issuing a travel warning against the state of Florida. Uh, and I, I believe some LGBT, yeah, I'm trying to get all the letters right, LGBTQIA+. plus. Uh, have issued a similar warning against traveling to the state of Florida. It may not be safe for them to visit Ron DeSantis. That's right. That's right. Well, LULAC has done the same thing. League of United, uh, well, it's League of United Latin American Citizens. They used to be a group for citizens. Now they just stick up for illegals all the time. But in any case, they say it is dangerous for Hispanics, legal or not. This, this hysteria is just remarkable. As uh, a spokesman for the governor said about the NAACP thing, she says, this is a stunt. We have record tourism and we are not the least bit worried. In effect, she didn't use these terms, but the NAACP can stick it in their ear. So well, I was glad thing, to Jared, see. 
Yes. Yeah, no, that's that's good. But I, 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 when I see these things that are so outlandish and so far yes. removed from reality, I ask myself, do they? And, and I wonder, do they really believe that, or is it just is it just a gambit? You know, I think I think they do. I think they do. Really? If if yes, I think they believe that. I, well. Everybody calls me naive, James, and you may too. But I think most people, <laughs> most, be <laughs> most people are not capable of saying something over and over and over that they don't honestly believe. Most people's brains are not put together that way. I think uh, there are people, some people like that who are. Uh, Bill Clinton is one who comes to mind. Uh, uh, a few others, I uh, think Nancy Pelosi probably is capable of things, saying things she knows are completely untrue. But... Most people, I mean, it, it, it's an effort for you to get up in the morning, look yourself in the mirror, and go out and say something you know is untrue, and say it five times a day. So I think when black people, when black people look at what um, Ron DeSantis has tried to do, try to get rid of critical race theory in the schools, they truly believe that this is a harbinger of trying to bring, bring back Jim Crow or oppression of black people, taking away their civil rights. I think they probably genuinely believe that. Just the way, just the way Joe Biden says MAGA Republicans are a threat to the republic. I think he probably believes that if he believes anything. I, 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 you know, I, I don't know, Jared. I, well, first, <laughs> first of all, I don't know if Joe Biden knows what planet he's on, but I don't think he could possibly believe that if he has a room temperature. I, I think Joe Biden's just telling, saying what he's told to say. He's only the president. He's not calling the shots here. But I, it, if he really does believe that, we've got a big, big problem. Well, we have big problems. I think there are. <laughs> but, but that's for sure. But look, Look at all the people from National Public Radio and uh, New York Times, Washington Post, MSNBC, on down, who say that January 6th was an insurrection. But, and a guy they, who, but how can they at once believe that, but say that when, when a, another group is actively burning down city blocks and yes. sacking cities, in the case of Seattle, and, and yep. calling that their own republic for a few yep. weeks— that's yep. a peaceful protest, but what happened on January 6th is a violent insurrection. Do you believe that they can really believe that? I think they can, and they believe that because they are thinking in terms of motives. They think that all the people who are out looting and burning and demonstrating and screaming for Black Lives Matter, they were sincere. They were on the side of the angels. Maybe a few of them got out of hand, but they were the good guys, whereas anybody who supported Donald Trump, first of all, and anybody who thought that the election was stolen, these people are obviously pure evil. And anything they were attempting to do was a profound threat to our democratic institutions. I think they believe that. I think they really do. Well, they very well might. I mean, I, I, I can't do a b brain transplant. I don't know. I, <laughs> nope, they wouldn't be right. honest if I asked them. But I, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you, you could very well be right. I, it, it seems... A lot to imagine that they can be that far gone, but <laughs> I guess they are. This is a very interesting time in which we live. We'll be it back. One indeed. more segment. Has it already gone that fast? Three segments with Jared Taylor. We're going to tell you about the upcoming Amarine Conference and one more thing that you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. 
Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ. Especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. All right, welcome back, everybody. Jared Taylor and I yakking during the commercial break and uh, almost uh, talked straight through to the uh, program itself, the on-air segment. Uh, I-, I want to focus this segment on the upcoming American Renaissance Conference. It's coming up in August, uh, a little bit west of Nashville. If you can get to Nashville, you can get to the American Renaissance Conference, and I know a lot of people, it's always a packed house. The fire marshal has to say, no more people. We can't have any more people. They, they stuff it to the gills. And for good reason. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But before we do that, Jared Taylor was actually in the news. He's no stranger to making news, of course, but he was in the news again this week. A Fox News article. This again from our friend in Illinois who informed me of this. But a Fox News article. I I laugh about this a little bit, uh, but uh, I'll read here uh, from uh, the top of the uh, piece. The Biden administration is doling out taxpayer money through an anti-terrorism grant initiative uh, to identify basically 'er ne'er-do-wells. And so you have what we call the pyramid of hate. Uh, Jared actually has what they actually called it. Uh, But there's four tiers to this pyramid. And it says here that the Biden administration has awarded 80 grants, totaling just under $40 million. The lowest grant was for $85,000. Now, I, <laughs> give me a grant for $85,000 and I'll win you something. I, I, that's money I can win with. That's more money than we've ever had, $85,000. The highest was over $1.1 million, but the median was around $442,000, okay? But this, this the particular study that was granted by the Biden administration, which is to say it was granted by taxpayer funds, was uh, uh, an amount of $352,109. 
uh, to draw on the expertise of the University of Dayton faculty to fight domestic violence, extremism, and hate movements. And and for $352,000, Jerry, wait, let me first ask you, what could you do with $350,000? Oh, dear me. Oh, dear me. Could you do I'd more hire, than what Dayton did? <laughs> I'd hire three more men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's probably more than they did. But uh, yeah, well, yeah let, well, let's... Well, Let's talk about this lovely pyramid. Well, Well, let's let's uh, look at it. Let's look at it. So, I mean, you know, first of all, uh, one of the staff writers for Jared's American Renaissance, Gregory Hood. Gregory was on with us uh, earlier in May, I think the first week of this month. And he's the best writer in the entire movement. I mean, that's not hyperbole. That's not over the top. He's fantastic. You give me one Gregory Hood, that's worth more than this entire study. But I'm looking at this, and so the the, the University of Dayton, they received $350,000 from the Biden administration to, to do this study, and they, they came up with this pyramid, and it has four tiers, uh, the one, two, three, and four. And Jared landed on the third tier of this pyramid. I don't even – I'm looking at the icons of the organizations affiliated with the – insignia is there at the fourth year i don't know any of them i don't even know if they really exist or if they're made up or if they're whatever well, yeah, but i see I was, jared there on the third tier yes i was thinking you know the, the the pinnacle the pinnacle of hate the fourth tier these are the people who are, i suppose they think they're bomb throwers uh, they're just digging the grave of democracy and all of mankind is going to perish if they get the chance but uh, i don't recognize any of those symbols either but I'm on the third tier. I'm the next to the top, next to the worst, along with what do you got? Daily Stormer, and I think we've got uh, Stormfront, and looks like uh, National Policy Institute, and oh, this looks like uh, uh, who is that uh, bunch? Uh, the, identi- the identitarians in Europe, and then they've got an outright swastika. Oh, and uh, yeah, an outright swastika. I don't know whose group that is. And then there is uh, AIM, the American Identity Movement. We are pretty doggone dangerous. But, you know, we are just a step above Prager University, Breitbart, Quillette, the MAGA movement. And then at the very base, now they call this, they call this uh, the, uh, let's see, they call it the pyramid of far-right radicalization. So you start at the bottom with the Republican Party, the National Rival Association, and Fox News Heritage Foundation, and the John Birch Society, and then, all of a sudden, you might be sucked into Quillette, PragerU, then you're going to get sucked into American Renaissance, and then, off the chart, wow, you are a bomb thrower. And so, and to me, the idea of all of this that so strikes me, it's called the Targeted Violence and Terrorism Prevention Grant Program. And they seem to think that the Republican Party, that is like smoking marijuana. Uh Uh-oh, that's pretty bad. And before you know it, you're going to be shooting up heroin, you're going to be dying of fentanyl, you're going to be on crack cocaine, and you're going to be a menace to yourself and others. But it starts with the Republicans and with Fox News. And they, yes, they got $300,000. This is all part of their grant application process. This stuff, obviously, is using taxpayer money to demonize political opponents and people who who are not on the plantation psychologically. It's really an outrageous thing. And I say hats off to Fox News for actually reporting this. Of course, they are are a gateway drug. You start watching Fox News. On the first tier. 
Yeah, you start watching Fox News, and the next thing you know, boy, oh boy, you're going to be sig-hiling around your, you're going to be goose-stepping around your living room and sig-hiling the police. Boy, they've got it figured out, and they got millions and millions to spend doing it. Forty million they've spent on all of this stuff. It's incredible. Now, apparently, this was a program that Obama had started, and then Donald Trump said to heck with this, and he stopped it. And this just goes to show you, politics matters. A lot of people say it doesn't make any difference who runs the show. It does make a difference. Not well, the, let me ask you, the, Donald Trump. Yeah. Yes, sir. No, no, no. I was gonna. Add, I, I, I'll, I'll segue very quickly because we got to plug Amory, and we're running out of time. I'm gonna go the full three hours with either you or Peter, and and we still wouldn't have had enough time. But yes, you. I would have loved to have tweeted this. Normally, when we cover a story like this, I say go to my Twitter handle at James Edwards DPC, and you can read it for yourself. But I can't do that anymore because I've, I've been banned. But yeah. uh, but this was a Department of Homeland Security. It was a it was a Biden administration initiative. DHS was sort of running it, uh, but you've got all these millions of dollars. This particular study was three hundred fifty thousand. I look at you know three hundred fifty thousand. That's like you know three years of work of here uh, yes. at TPC that would have funded us for years. And this is yes. and the best they got from that was this uh, this pyramid that says the Christian Broadcasting Network leads you to Prager University, which leads you to American Renaissance, which leads you to uh, blowing up things. I guess, that's right. uh, but that's, that, right. that, that's where we're at. So anyway, uh, may, but uh, maybe you can find it somewhere else. I don't. Let's see. The title of the article here at FoxNews.com is University Program Linking Christians, Republicans to Nazis Granted DHS Funds Under Anti-Terror Initiative. Uh, maybe you can find it if you look for it. I, I wish I could tweet it for you, but I can't. Uh, An- <laughs> anyway, anti-terror. Jared, Anti-terror. Now, you'll be there next year. You keep broadcasting, James, I know. I was you'll jealous. be on the pyramid. I went, I've been denounced by Congress, but I, have, I didn't make this pyramid. So, <laughs> no. which, which, by the way, when I was denounced by Congress, I saw that immediately. I said, you know what? This is a great thing. This is, this is yes. an honor. I can't wait to tell my audience about this because we want to be separated from these people. But still, it does cause you harm. It causes you harm. Jared, you can't even go to Europe now because of stuff like this. And this is, this is why, at the end of the day, you can't is because of nonsense. Of course, but uh, nevertheless, this is where we're at, and uh, that was in the news here just this uh, last couple of days. Uh, give me one minute on this because we're only going to have a couple of minutes for for the Amarin conference. But uh, the, the DeSantis now, this was in Florida with the travel ban. You can't go to Florida if you're NAACP. It says you can't go to Florida. Uh, DeSantis Trump, 30 seconds. DeSantis uh, launched this week on uh, Twitter. That was uh, uh, something. Uh, it didn't really go as planned. A lot of technical difficulties, but uh, you're a white uh, advocate, Trump or DeSantis? Who's your horse? 30 seconds. Oh, boy. I'm going to flop for DeSantis. But, uh, really? I'm, I'm, yep. I'm not all that happy with him, but uh, he would be my boy. I think Do- Donald Trump, Donald Trump will gin up such a tremendous amount of opposition. Every attempt to steal, to make things go wrong. Now, DeSantis will gin up opposition, too. But I think DeSantis could win. I think Trump would have a harder time winning. Well, so that's, that's right. now, basically Trump, DeSantis could win. I think my opinion is so rare that I disagree with Jared Taylor, but my opinion is we're beyond conventional conservatism. I like a lot of the things that DeSantis has done in Florida, don't get me wrong, but I like Trump as a chaos candidate. He makes the left overreact, and we need a complete uh, abjurement of the realm. Uh, we need to be gone from America, and we need to be thinking post-America, and Trump best helps a secession type of scenario. Well, I don't, I don't disagree with that either. I don't have a strong preference for DeSantis. I still have this naive sense that the guy at the top can make some difference. 
But uh, uh, you, you're right. If uh, if Donald Trump were actually running, win or lose, win or lose, he would stir the pot into such a That's froth right. that anything could happen. Well, I think Trump has a better chance of winning the primary, and DeSantis has a better yep. chance of winning the general, and that's a paradox. But in, in any yep. event, uh, we'll see what happens there yep, uh, to the extent will. we have a dog in that fight. Jared, uh, two minutes remaining. I intended to go a whole segment on this. August 11th to the 13th, if I'm not mistaken, the Montgomery yes. Bell State Park is the place to be a little bit west of Nashville. What's going on? Well, first of all, none other than the host of the political cesspool, James Edwards himself, is going to be one of our featured speakers. It's a down uh, year for Amrin, folks. Believe me. <laughs> if that no, Edwards guy it, is speaking. Oh, by no means. By no means. Uh, James Edwards is one of the heroes of our movement. Uh, and uh, I'm really excited about two Europeans we've got speaking. Dries van Lagenhove. Probably your listeners don't know much about him, but he's the youngest member ever to be elected to the Belgian parliament. He started this really influential youth movement called Shield and Vrienden. And he is a young, dynamic, energetic guy. I think he is really the future of the European movement. Also coming from Europe is Ruben Kallop. He is also a parliamentarian. And he's from Tallinn, Estonia, another great guy. He has spoken by video before. It'd be great to have him in person. And uh, of course, Greg, uh, Gregory Hood, as you say, I think he's the best writer in our movement. And I think he's pretty damn close to being the best speaker, too. He's really a genius in his own That's way. That's right. Gregory he Hood is. is great. Absolutely great. And in addition to that, uh, we have just announced uh, Stephen McNallan. He is a, he is also a very powerful, charismatic speaker. He started the Asatru Folk Assembly. He is about as wide awake on race as anybody you're ever going to find anywhere, and I'm delighted that he will be here. That'll be his first time behind the Amran podium, and I think that'll be great. Of course, we will have your friend and mine, Sam Dixon. He needs no introduction. And the Not Canadian... Yes. The Canadian academic Ricardo Duchesne. And we've got another slot we're working on for somebody even more exciting. So, oh, and, be and there. You can imagine it. Be yes. there or be square. That is, I was going to ask you, do you think the left is acting out because they are so powerful or because they are vulnerable? You'll have to find the answer for that yourself, ladies and gentlemen, at the 2023 American Renaissance Conference. It is coming up sooner than you know. Uh, in August, Amrin.com. You can't miss the uh, flyer there, the, uh, the, the, the click of the link for the conference, August 11th to the 13th. You, if you want to hang out with that rogues gallery that Jared just uh, detailed, you can do it, but you got to sign up tonight. Jared, thank you so much, my friend. We'll talk to you again soon. At Antelope Hill is proud to announce the release of a new translation, Leon de Grel in Exile by Jose Luis Jerez Reisco. Readers of The Burning Souls will already be familiar with de Grel's life before and during the Second World War, his service on the Eastern Front, and his involuntary post-war exile in Franco, Spain. This new work tells the story of his life in exile in detail, replete with first-hand accounts from Spanish nationalists and friends of de Grel. During his time in Spain, de Grel did not wallow in sadness. Despite the atrocities inflicted upon him and his family by the victorious Allied powers, he stayed remarkably active in European nationalist politics and left a lasting impression on both his personal friends and those from around the European world who took inspiration from his tenacious idealism. 
DeGrell's enduring legacy in Spain is well-deserved. Such a legacy also deserves to be spread to both sides of the Atlantic and beyond. Antelope Hill is proud to be the first to bring this unparalleled biography to the English reader. Get Leon DeGrell in exile today at antelopehillpublishing.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. Herbs have been used by people since the dawn of time. When Rockefeller introduced allopathic medicine, many herbal remedies fell by the wayside as people put their faith in prescription pills, and the world just gets sicker. Here at Heathen Herbs, we look to the past and to nature for answers. We offer tinctures, magnesium skin cream, lip balm, tooth powder, colloidal silver throat spray, and more. Check us out at HeathenHerbs.com. You're listening to The Political Cesspool on ResolutionRDO.com. Call and listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607-203-5423. Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2. For more information about the project, as well as lyrics to the songs on this CD, please visit www.tightrope.cc. You can also find jokes, news articles, a photo gallery, free CD downloads, and a secure online shopping cart. We carry a full line of flags, t-shirts, CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people. Please visit www.tightrope.cc. You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Well, a great night of radio only gets better now as we enter into our third and final hour. Folks, if you have listened to this show at all over the course of the last, gosh, at least six months, I mean, maybe a little bit longer than that, I guess, going back to the fall of last year, you have heard uh, the ads for Antelope Hill Publishing. And once in the past, we had uh, Taylor Young and Kurt from the editorial staff of Antelope Hill on the program. But back tonight, they are back tonight uh, to remind us of a few things and to get into some current events and topics as well. It's going to be a fun hour of radio, I assure you, as we welcome back our friends from Antelope Hill Publishing uh, right now, Taylor Young is a member of the editorial staff with Antelope Hill, and he's going to be on uh, along with uh, his accomplice, Kurt, who uh, not only is a member of the editorial staff, but is also a translator of one of their first and most popular books, The Burning Souls by Leon DeGrell. 
and they have both been with the company since its inception. And so we're going to be talking with them about Antelope Hill Publishing as an operation, what it does, the who, what, where, when, and why, the challenges that come when one expresses a diversity of opinion in the age of repressive tolerance and so much more. But first, let's say hello to them. Taylor and Kurt, it's great to have you back on tonight. Hello, it's great to be here again. Yeah, happy to be rejoining you. Well, it's, uh, it's I say to all of our guests, but I mean it with all of our guests because we don't have any throwaway hours. We don't have any throwaway segments. We don't have any guests on to fill time. If we have a guest on, it's for good reason. They have a message. They have a cause. They have something we want the audience to hear. So when we have a guest on, it is always sincere when we say it is our pleasure to have you on. But first, let's get to, to the aforementioned who, what, where, when, and why of Antelope Hill. What is Antelope Hill? When did you get started? How did it take off? Let's start there. All right. Well, Antelope Hill is, uh, at least we like to think, the, the premier publisher of uh, nationalist literature in the United States and perhaps even in the world. Uh, we got our start several years ago. Jeez, I'm not sure how, how long exactly it has been at this point. Uh, long enough that I've forgotten the details. Um, about three years, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so about three years ago we got started. Um, I think it's fair to say that a lot of us were sort of inspired by another publisher, Arctos, uh, who are still around and still publishing. Yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, so a, a lot of us, Arctos books were a, a pretty significant part of our own political and uh, uh, philosophical education. Um so we sort of knew that that being a publisher could bring something to the table for a lot of people uh, that would really help out to build community, to build uh, shared ideas and shared culture. And uh, we viewed that as a good use of our time. We hit the ground running uh, early on with some, some reprinted books that were a little bit more accessible for, for us. And from there branched out into translations, uh, more obscure books, uh, some original works of fiction eventually that have been great. That was something we wanted to do for a long time. And, uh, and, and that's basically the story. I mean, it's, it, we, we got a group of friends together. We pooled our resources. We pooled our brain power, our time. And we, we, we made something that we're very proud of. Well, and you should be proud, if I could interject here. There are three, to my knowledge, now I don't want to leave anybody out. I hate doing lists because I always remember somebody a few minutes later, a day later, a week later. Oh, my God, how did I forget them? But th there are at least three publishing houses, and I'm not just talking about standalone journals or magazines. That's a separate issue. Uh, but publishing houses that publish a wide variety of authors and topics you're looking at Arctos, obviously, Antelope Hill, who we're here to talk about, uh, the White uh, People's Press. Uh, and the, the one thing that all, these three entities have in common is the quality of the work. It isn't just like some black and white flyer that you get copied at your local copy shop. Uh, these are publica these are these are products and books and that are 
that would compete with anything that any major publishing house is doing in terms of its quality. And, and well, obviously, the content is superior, but in terms of the quality, uh, we talk about the stake and the sizzle, which is more important. Well, you got to have a presentation to sell the message, I think. Uh, and and the work that y'all are doing there in that, I, I have some of your, your your books, and we'll talk about that more later in this hour. Uh, but the quality of the artwork, the quality of just the feel of the cover is it's really a next level type of thing. How did y'all manage that? Yeah, so we decided early on that that was going to be a major emphasis. Um, I think we kind of identify that there's sometimes a tendency in dissident political circles to kind of embrace your dissidents in potentially unhelpful ways, you know, not really uh, putting in any emphasis into like, how do you appear and like basically taking your own ideas seriously enough. So we decided, you know, we d didn't want that to be the case at all. What we're presenting is uh, works that are worth reading, that are worth being preserved, um, ideas that are worth considering. And we wanted that very much to be reflected in the overall quality of what we're doing. Um, so, you know, that's something that we've, we've continued to uh, professionalize in and, um, we're very happy that it's it clearly has made an impression on a lot of people. Um, you know, you mentioned our artwork. That's something we're continually praised on. We're, you know, very blessed to have a really, really fantastic uh, um, graphic arts designer who uh, has done almost all of our covers. Um, so, yeah, you know, the, the covers, they really help it stand out, um, give it, we're always generally going for a kind of like a, um, like a modern kind of feel. Um, which, again, serves to illustrate that while these um, accounts or ideas may be old, they're, they're not dated. They're just as relevant, if maybe not even more relevant now than they ever have been. So, you know, in, in that way, like the presentation really goes hand in hand with the message. Well, and, and, and more than that, I think, is they actually feel to the touch a, a, a cut above a, so much competition. I, I have one book, and I'll, I'll mention this in a, in a later segment that I read to my son uh, off and on, and it feels like leather. I mean, the, the, the actual cover actually feels, it doesn't even feel like paper. I mean, what is that? I, I'm talking about um, the three. I don't know, honestly. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I'm I know, telling you, I, I got a lot adventures. of books. <laughs> yeah, thrilling adventures among the yeah. early settlers. But we'll go ahead and give it away. But I, I got a lot of books on my bookshelf. I've got a lot of dust jacket covers. I got a lot of, you know, they all feel the same. This feels different. Anyway, what I'm saying is, what I'm trying to emphasize is, what you get from Antelope Hill when you buy an Antelope Hill product is, is a cut above in terms of both content and presentation. Yeah, and even if we're talking about just like a, you know the physical covers, like you you've alluded to, you know we even put variety into that. Like that that cover is a little different than than some of the other books. Um, we do hard covers as well for many editions. We do nice dust jackets. Um, so yeah, we really try to put the effort in everywhere. So we've talked about the quality of the content. By the way, folks, go to antelopehillpublishing.com. You've heard the ad. Go to antelopehillpublishing.com while we're on this break, and you can peruse through some of the titles that are available there, but you can't get a feel for how well presented these the contents are until you buy one. We'll talk a little bit more about that and so much more when we come back. The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. 
The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. In Message 1, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 8.44, gave the left evil, spiritual power, the more they used the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now, the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him, the beast, his power. Revelation 13.2 The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1. That behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present-day, end-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. We're back now with both Taylor and Kurt of Antelope Hill Publishing, antelopehillpublishing.com. We were talking a little bit uh, with them in the previous segment about how it all got started, the who, what, where, when, and why. But there's one question I want to ask them before we move on to a bigger topic. That is the censorship of ideas. For all of the people who love diversity, there is certainly no love for the diversity of opinion. And we'll find out how Antelope Hill works around that. Very important question and topic. But first, gentlemen... We're talking a little bit about some of the to- uh, the books and some of the authors, but what is the process? We're talking about the quality of the product, uh, the pro- uh, quality of the content, but what is the process of selecting authors and titles? I know a lot of people out there would like to be a published author. What is the criteria uh, that goes uh, that you employ when you are selecting an author and a topic and a title to publish through Antelope Hill? Well, the process takes quite a while. We usually like to have uh, all our books lined up about a year in advance. And the way we select for that is is mostly, I guess, what you'd call crowdsourced. Uh, we have submissions open on our website. Uh, original authors submit stuff through there. Um, so, you know, usually we'll get an email, someone inquiring, hey, would you be interested in this? We'll take a look at a draft. We'll get back to them. Um, and also people will send in suggestions on things that they would like to see us translate or things that are out of copyright that we could reprint. And, you know, we'll go through those and we'll see what looks promising. Uh, the main criteria we use other than just quality of, of writing, um, is 
whether or not a, a book offers some significant contribution to the way that we understand the world that we live in today, uh, the struggles that we face politically, spiritually, philosophically. Um, we, what we strive for over everything is, I think, just relevance to people living in the here and now. Um, we don't want to be a, a publisher that just collects sort of old dusty tomes that maybe have, have outlived their particular relevance to, to concrete issues. Well, there you have it, ladies. <laughs> Excuse me. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And so that is how the process goes when selecting what to publish uh, there at Antelope Hill. We've talked about the quality and the content, but now how do you get around the censorship? So this is, and I, I shared this story with uh, you, Taylor, uh, a couple of days ago. We covered this last week on the program. Uh, interestingly, the ADL, uh, I believe it was just last week, we covered it just last week on this program, last week's episode, recently complained about the book burnings in Germany. And uh, they said on this day in 1933, all of these books were burned and we should never, 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 never forget. And they got roasted on Twitter, so, <laughs> so to speak, if you'll pardon the pun. And you had all of these. We, we talked about this last week on the show, comment after comment after comment, seemingly organically, because I didn't know any of the commenters. They were any of the fellow travelers that I know uh, before I'd been banned on Twitter. And they were saying, you know, what, what, what books were they burning? You know, what, what, what was the content of these books? So on and so on and so on. Uh, but the, the, the ironic part of this is, is it is organizations like the ADL who are the biggest book burners of the 21st century in terms of how books are burned now through censorship and deplatforming. You don't have to put a book to kerosene anymore. All you have to do is just uh, click at the button, then you're off of Amazon, you're off of PayPal, you're off of all of these different platforms. And uh, they love censorship. They actually love it. So, uh, and of course, uh, the, the kind of content that you would find at EnlopeHillPublishing.com is top of their list. How do you work around that? Yeah, so this is something that we have obviously encountered, and we also, um, again, kind of foresaw that we would have problems with censorship going into it. So we've, um, you know, been pretty forward thinking with our um, resilience in that in that way. So um, we've had books that were on Amazon that they've been banned. I think the transgender industrial complex was an early example. Um, so we do sell primarily through our website. Um, we benefit, of course, from getting to go on programs like this, other podcasts, uh, people who, you know, will connect with us and, and, uh, um, introduce us to their audiences. Um, we have, in some cases, we've, we found some workarounds to, um, get our books up on Amazon. Um, we've had, uh, printers that have uh, refused to work with us. Um, we actually rely a lot on foreign printing, uh, companies now. Um, so yeah, you know, we've, we've definitely had our share of obstacles, but one way or another, we've been able to keep going. Um, so yeah, we, we've also, um, you know, we've, we've tried to make our strive to make our, our website and our general online presence you know, as immune to that kind of censorship as, uh, as possible. So, um, it's definitely an ongoing struggle. It, it always will be, but you know, we're, trying to stay uh, a step ahead uh, as much as we can. 
Nobody gets out of this unscathed. And I know that y'all have been attacked mercilessly, as everybody who's ever appeared on this program it seemingly has been. Uh, but you still endure, and uh, you're still able to exist. Now, nobody exists at a deficit. I mean, and this is the thing. I mean, you look at our counterparts on the left. They're all lavishly funded. They're all lavishly paid. We're barely getting by. We're singing for nickels and dimes, uh, and, and, and we're hoping. And it's not wrong uh, to want to turn a profit for doing good work. I mean, that's the thing. There is nothing immoral with being able to succeed by doing what's right. And so I want Antelope Hill. I want American Renaissance. I want V-Dare. All of the people we've talked to tonight, all the people we talk to every night, I want them all to succeed and prosper. Uh, but where are we at with that in terms of uh, the outlay, in terms of uh, the sacrifice, in terms of all of the scars, all of the battles, all of the setbacks? Where's Antelope Hill in terms of, hey, we've got all of these great books, we've got these great authors, this great content, it's presented well, and this is the kind of stuff our people and even our children, we'll get, get to that in the next segment, should be reading. Where are we at in terms of, you know, hey, the, the, the risk is worth the reward. We are actually being able to sell enough books to uh, inoculate ourselves from all the arrows we're, we're, we're being hit with. Well, you know, I think it's fair to say that, that we get by all right, uh, but a big part of that is having a strong community, and, and the thing that really helps us is that everybody pitches in, right? We have we have a lot of reliable people, friends and, and associates and people that we're able to rely on uh, to help out when problems arise, when we hit, you know, we, we do a sale and we have a huge number of orders to ship out, and people are willing to come and volunteer their time uh you know we are able to to pay the people that that do work and contribute uh but it wouldn't be possible if people weren't willing to simply take a couple hours out of their already busy days to come and make this a reality that i think is is the most important thing i can't overemphasize this folks uh, and this is just coming from the heart this isn't something that we were put up to do. This is something that I wanted to do, and this is why I asked both Taylor and Kurt to be on the show tonight, is to give you a, an idea because we need people who are presenting our issues and our arguments in a professional way to step to the forefront, and I think that's what we've got with Antelope Hill. But this is, again, far from what you would see some years ago where you could get a black and white flyer underneath the windshield wiper of your car. That was the best we could do. The products that you'll find at antelopehillpublishing.com would, would not be out of place at all at any Barnes Noble bookstore in the country. They are that level of quality, and I, and, and I think it has to be that way. It has to be that way. We're at such a deficit already for being truth-tellers with what we're up against and what we're faced with, and you only dig yourself into a further hole by producing a substandard presentation I, I don't want to overemphasize this because I know we've revisited it a couple of times and we're going to shift gears here in the next segment. But that is something, guys, that I think y'all do quite well. Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely appreciate that. And, and uh, like Taylor said, that's something that we strive for. And, you know, I think it's encouraging. Other publishers have have also uh, been doing really good work on, on that front and have, have brought the level of quality up. 
uh, of course, I think uh, we we would consider ourselves to some extent trailblazers. Excuse me, trailblazers in that regard. Um, but it, it it has been looking up across the board, which is very encouraging. So what's next? Uh, we're going to shift gears here uh, in the next segment. We're going to talk about somebody's got to raise your kids. Is it going to be you as the mother and the father? Is it going to be the system? It's going to be, well, here we go. And here's the music. Uh, give me 10 seconds. What's next for Antelope Hill? What are you looking to do? We're going to keep on doing what we always have been, I suppose. Yep. Hey, that's good. that's good enough for me. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we have a little bit more time. We'll have a little more, bit more time in three minutes. Sit tight, everybody. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Jerry Barmash. President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy had a short phone call on Saturday evening, CNN reported, as the two sides look to get the debt ceiling raised. Both McCarthy and Biden said negotiations are very close to an agreement that will avoid a government default. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said on Friday that the USA will be able to pay its bills until June 5th. The Texas Senate will decide the fate of State Attorney General Ken Paxson, who was impeached today by the State House, 121 to 23. Before the vote, lawmakers spent hours speaking on the floor, including Democrat Terry Canales, who said this should be above politics. We listened to our colleagues, a bipartisan committee that sat and listened to hours of testimony that held that investigation since March that come before you, members of the highest integrity. Twenty articles of impeachment were filed against Paxson with allegations including disregard of official duty, bribery, and obstruction of justice. The hills may be alive with the sound of music, but one production will be missing the sight of Nazis. A Southern California elementary school is going to present the sound of music without any Nazi imagery. Officials with the Fullerton School District said they made the decision after a parent expressed concerns over their sixth grader wearing a swastika. That Nazi symbol, as well as the Heil Hitler salute, will be omitted from the musical, which is set in 1938 Europe and follows the von Trapp family as they flee the Nazis in Austria. I'm John Schaefer. J.P. Morgan Chase is telling a 1,000 First Republic Bank employees that they are being let go. This comes just weeks after America's largest bank purchased the failed San Francisco lender. J.P. Morgan did say that 85% of First Republic's workers will get either full-time or transitional roles. This is USA News. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airline travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. 
That's 800-215-5141. Meet the residents of Element City. Air usually has their head in the clouds. Oh, my new jacket. Earth can be a little seedy. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing weird going on here. Uh, Just a little pruning. Water is always getting into something. Fire? As ordered, we run a little hot. This shop is dream of our family. Someday it'll all be yours. But we all live by one simple rule. Elements cannot mix. The pipe squished me all out of shape. Dang. That's better. Oh. So you've never left Firetown? Sorry, buddy. Elements don't mix. Hey! Plus, my dad would boil you alive. Why does anyone get to tell you what you can do in your life? Come on! Why do they even have these? Eh, who knows. Watch this! Ember, I see a change in you. Guy, you live here? It's my mom's place. We got two kids that are swimming around here somewhere. Marco, follow! (laughs) I've been trying to fill my father's shoes, but I never once asked what I wanted to do. All right, gentlemen, let's just stop right there. That is the official trailer from the new Disney movie that is going to be released this summer, Elemental. It's a Disney Pixar picture, and in the, well, you just heard the clip, uh, Elements Do Not Mix. It's a movie about elements. There is a young girl who is made of fire and a boy who is made of water, and their parents, their bigoted parents in this movie, their backwards, obviously immoral parents, do not want them to mix. And But, you know, the dead never asked them what they wanted to do. Their fathers never asked them what they wanted to do. Well, what we know in reality is, in nature, if uh, fire and water mixed, one would extinguish, literally kill the other. Uh, and uh, but it's a non too subtle jab at what? What what did you hear in that clip, gentlemen? Yeah, I mean, you really don't have to dig too deep to find what the message <laughs> right. is in this. What too subtle? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the, not... the, that one line. That one line in there was great. Uh, Why does anyone get to tell you how to live your life? I mean, if that's not the definition of sort of regime-approved messaging uh, for today's youth, I don't know what is. Exactly. I mean, so this uh... is the new new Disney movie coming out, and it's – I mean, I won't be seeing it, obviously. I won't be seeing the new Little Mermaid with the black Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid's white. I mean, that's a Hans Christian Andersen story uh, from what, Denmark? I mean, it's from Scandinavia. That, you know, the, he, he did not. The, the, it, 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 Cleopatra was not black, uh, this Netflix thing. It's all an attack against our people. Uh, but this is even more uh, in your face than others. Oh, you, 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 but it, 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 it's interesting, though, because if you look at it, water kills fire. 
mixing of the elements or of the people kills the bloodline. And, and this is what Disney is pushing now. And this is the point that, that, that I brought this up is that the bottom line is that somebody is going to raise your kids. Somebody's going to raise our kids. And they can either be the system, uh, the media, uh, academia, it could be the schools, or it can be the parents themselves. And that's why I am happy that Antelope Hill Publishing offers alternatives to this. They offer books like Thrilling Adventures uh, Among the Early Settlers. I read this book to my son. Now, we have a, a few different books that we read during our bedtime routine. And this is one of them that we've been uh, infusing intermittently. It's it's a collection of uh, several dozen short stories. And I mean short stories. Each chapter is three, four, five, six pages long. And you've got titles like Davy Crockett's Fight with the Bear as told by him. You have Lewis and the Rattlesnake, A Perilous Adventure in a Canoe, which I actually just read to my son about three or four days ago. And he loves the book. When I when I pulled this book out and I said, this is the book we're reading from tonight, he gets excited. You also have uh, A Fly in the House. There are st uh, uh, content and in, 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 in books and things uh, that can be shared with your children that is age-appropriate, that our movement is producing to combat wicked messages like what we just heard from Disney Pixar's Elemental, uh, and you can get it at Antelope Hill. Uh, so talk a little bit more about that category of your content, gentlemen. Yeah, I think it's just like you said. You know, the, the system will raise your kids if you don't. But at the same time, you know, the old saying goes that it takes a village, and it at least takes a community. It, it takes more than just the parents by themselves, or at the very least, it's it's much easier if you have some support in, in your ideals and what you're trying to communicate and pass down to your children. Um, you, need, uh, you, you need culture, right? You need books, you need movies, you need music, you need everything. That's what's going to, to reinforce and, and make things stick and maybe not even just for, for children, but for adults as well. Uh, you need to be surrounded by things that, uh, you know, if, if not completely agreeing with you ideologically, or at least not trying to destroy you. And that's what all of the current pop culture, the, the corporate pop culture, is trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, Thrilling Adventures, I think, is, is really great. Uh, the most interesting thing about it to me is that it's not just stories from, you know, the, the Western frontier, cowboys and Indians and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's also stories from when America was very young, uh, fighting in the Appalachians, the Ohio Valley, Florida against the Seminoles, and uh, along the Gulf Coast against the Creek and Andrew Jackson and that sort of stuff as well, uh, which I think reinforces that there's a, a continuity here. Cowboys and Indians isn't isn't just an isolated episode. It's not just one little part of what America is, but rather America's always been defined by this sort of more or less existential struggle, um, and and by race as well. Well, it sure is by race, and and on the cover of this particular book that you mentioned, I mean, it's got a Daniel Boone, Davy Crockett type character against a an Indian with a tomahawk in hand, and and it certainly was racial. I mean, Indians. You know, that was the thing. That was their culture. I mean, they, they were never going to be agrarians. They were never going to be agriculturalists. Their whole s system, their whole strata of 
manhood was built upon being a warrior. Uh, and so, and of course, I mean, well, I don't want to relitigate this. We've talked about it so much over the years, but of course, I mean, of course they were uh, constantly at odds with their fellow Indian, with their fellow American Indian, with their fellow man. I mean, it was all about genocide and slavery and, and rape and plunder. I mean, you, they, one tribe wiping out another, that was their culture. You couldn't even be a man until you had taken the scalp in so many of these tribes. So, yeah, that, that was it. That was all they knew. And... Um, they were taught a lesson by their betters, uh, and and that's the thing. I don't feel ashamed for doing better than what uh, these people had uh, wanted for themselves, and uh, we did good by them, certainly better than they did any of their vanquished people. None of their vanquished people got casinos and reservations and places where they could uh, practice their religion and their language, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But nevertheless, uh, this is it. Uh, this is a, a great book. It's it's a book about heroism. It's a book, uh, Thrilling Adventures. is a book about bravery, about appointing oneself as a man. And you also have uh, a fly in the house. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, it's one of it's our latest uh, kids book. Um, so if, if I may, it's a fly in the hive um, by Nathaniel Williams. Fly in and, the hive. Uh, it's. Uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, cool actually that you opened this segment with the elemental trailer because um, this book is really kind of the antithesis of that. Um, you know, it talks. You have this happy little colony of bees that's just uh, living, minding their own business, producing their honey, and then one day a fly comes along and he enters their hive and he says, you know, I don't, I don't want very much. I just uh, want to live here. You know, I'm not going to be a bother to you. And they let him in because they're kind, and he. You know, he picks up on their kindness and then he starts to slowly use it against them. He says, well, you know, bees, bees are nice. That's like his refrain. Bees are nice. So you got to give, you got to let my family in, you know, you got to give some honey to the wasps or you got to let the wasps into the hive. And it just keeps going like that until the bees kick him out. So, you know, it's just like you were saying at, at, at the beginning, um, you know, there's, there's a reason why that uh, subversive message of uh, diversity of mixing, um, you know, different races, different, you know, anything is, is pushed by the regime because it's ultimately a very destructive message. You know, um, these bees, uh, they, they don't benefit from, you know, pretending that these strangers are, are just like themselves. It, it just causes them harm and they don't, uh, um, you know, they can't return to their happy way of life until they recognize that they are who they are, that they are different and they need to enforce uh, healthy boundaries. So, that's a healthy message. If I may I mean, also... I mean, yeah, please, continue. I, I just wanted to say the illustrations in this are, are really... They really make it shine. I mean, well, I mean, really credit to both of them equally because it's very hard to do children's books in, in a way that really... That, that really evokes something while also not being too mature. A lot of, you know, you, it's very difficult to do that effectively. You don't want to patronize kids either. I mean, you, you're kids, you, you don't want to patronize kids. You want to, you want to talk to them. Right, but the the illustrations uh, done by Wormwood they are they are just really fantastic. Uh, I, I you know I wish I could show them, but of course we're not on a, a video feed. They are, I mean, we just we loved these. Yeah. Now, how can people get the this book? I mean, because there are other books like this. I mean, we had mentioned uh, Ann Wilson Smith, who is in one of our other uh, ads for the new book that uh, we have been a part of. 
uh, the honorable cause. She's written a children's book about Robert E. Lee. And uh, there, there are things like this. You don't talk down to kids. You just talk to them uh, and you tell them the truth. I mean, they can get that. They can get that. I mean, and, and, and believe me, the enemy is watering down its message in a fundamental elementary level that they can get. And so can we. And so should we. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's available through our website. Um, Taylor, do you know if it's on Amazon? Um, yes, it is on Amazon. This this one this one is uh, on Amazon as well, so you can get it either from there or from our website. Yeah. So how would if you're you an international customer, we recommend Amazon. Okay, so, I mean, you can go to antelopehillpublishing.com and get the full catalog, but if you're looking for this particular children's book, A Fly in the Hive, uh, you would find it uh, at Amazon How. I just uh, would it be come up uh, promptly with uh, flying the hive as your career? Yeah, just uh, just look in the title. Just look for the title. Yep, so, should be the first result. It'll come right up. Yeah, generally uh, we recommend and, that and American tell, uh, uh, customers. Uh, I'm sorry. Generally, we recommend no, no, that American say, customers I, 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 buy from our from our website, uh, and we recommend that uh, foreign customers buy from Amazon because it's going to be cheaper for them. Um, but again, we try to get every book up there on Amazon that we can, and this and this one we're able to sell in both locations. Well, you know that's the thing. I mean, it's like Amazon, it's like Twitter, it's like any of these social media or credit card processing platforms. It's hit or miss. Uh, they come for you when they come for you. It's arbitrary. It's nonsensical. It's random. How have you been doing with the, getting some of these uh, titles on Amazon? It's hit or miss. It, it tends to be the more you know, politically controversial ones that don't last long on Amazon. Um, something like a fly in the hive, we would expect to stay up there. Um, there's nothing uh, outwardly objectionable about it, and they tend not to uh, to take those ones down. You know, that's the Although, thing. Who knows? In nature I mean, itself, figure... yeah, you never know. You know, you never know. I mean, because I lasted uh, seven years on Twitter before I got banned. I mean. Jared Taylor was banned before David Duke. I mean, it just it, it doesn't make any sense, and you would drive yourself mad trying to make sense of it. Uh, I lasted longer than both of them, and then I, then my time came, and then there's other people far more radical, <laughs> at least uh, on the surface, than I am, who are still there. I mean, it's just it, it, it doesn't make sense. But uh, as, as far as this goes, I mean, yes, uh, it, it should be there. There's no reason why it shouldn't be there. It is a very healthy and wholesome message, and it backs up nature itself. As we said earlier, fire extinguished. Do we miss a break? I, I think Mr. and Mrs. Producer, we may have missed a break there, and, that, and that's fine by me. I'm just looking at the clock. Uh, I, I don't know if we missed one uh, there intentionally or uh, – so there's still one coming. All right. Uh, anyway, but it um, – in nature, water extinguishes fire. So they, they couldn't marry and get together and have a nice, uh, happy relationship in future because they would uh, extinguish one another. One would win out. There, there's the music. My, my apologies. You know, I should never question my production staff because they're always right, and I'm always wrong. If there's ever a question, I'm the one that's in, the, in, in, in error. Uh, <laughs> it is true. It is true, Jay. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Uh, I was looking at it. I was like, wow, this seems a little bit late in the segment. We'll be right back with our friends from Antelope Hill right after this. Stay tuned, everybody. <laughs> 
Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-A-1-S-T.com. MericaFirst.com. Introducing Managed IT Services from NPI. We offer top-notch data backup and recovery, email spam protection, and network security tailored to your needs and budget. With 20-plus years of experience in the medical field, our HIPAA-certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information. Don't settle for less. Give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with Managed IT Services. Remember, your IT support should be fast, efficient, and reliable. Introducing PrepStartsNow.com, your ultimate guide to readiness and peace of mind. We offer practical preparedness tools, training, and education to take your family's household readiness to the next level. Browse the prep shop for essential products, check out our planning guides, and stay informed with our prep blog. Visit PrepStartsNow.com and subscribe to our emails for exclusive offers, new products, and future events. Remember, preparedness begins with PrepStartsNow.com. Well, times sure do change, and they can change faster than you know, which is why we appreciate the kind of people we have on this program every single week, especially tonight. Peter Brimelow, Jared Taylor, our representatives from Antelope Hill Publishing, V-Dare, Amran, Antelope Hill. I mean, this is it. We're talking about the heroes and geniuses of Western civilization and uh, what Disney has become. But Walt Disney himself uh, was a world apart from what his organization has become. And I, I, I'd, I'd like to, we've covered this before, but I'd like to take a, a moment to talk about this here very quickly while we're with our content creators, Taylor and Kurt from Antelope Hill Publishing, and get their take on this and, and, and why this is germane to the hour and to the topic at hand. But uh, you go back to 1941. Now, this is Walt Disney, the middle American. He was from Missouri, the Gentile, uh, who founded the Disney Corporation, which has now long since been taken over. But in 1941, it was a whole different ball game, buddy. Uh, Dumbo was <laughs> Disney's least pretentious work. Uh, it wasn't a, tech, a technical ba a breakthrough, as the article reads, uh, uh, along the lines of Pinocchio or even Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Uh, but it is said by his critics that Dumbo uh, created a compelling narrative for Disney's more extremist views. Uh, so his critics say the book and then the movie portrays uh, the, uh, excuse me, the, the, the book, which is um, 
a book written by, I, I kid you not, you're going to think I'm making this up, uh, movie critic Richard Sheckle. <laughs> the book is The Disney Version, and uh, he talks about <laughs> some of Disney's past and his movies while he was still alive, and he talks about uh, that Walt Disney was a paranoid man, not at least a contemptuous of his colleagues, particularly the numerous Jewish moguls who reigned in Hollywood during the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. According to Shekel, uh, we make this up not, Dumbo reflected Walt Disney's deepest convictions regarding the United States in its entry into World War II. The titular protagonist uh, represents the innocence, he's talking about Dumbo here, the innocence of the American heartland where Disney himself grew up, and his story reflects how his innocence comes under attack by political forces abroad and subversive elements at home. In his suffering at the hands of the ringmaster and his own fellow pachyderms, Dumbo functions as Disney's alter ego. Indeed, Disney himself saw... Uh, himself as a victim in the three-wing circus that was Hollywood. He felt that uh, the Hollywood studio system of the 30s and 40s threatened his creative control. The studio uh, heads he opposed included Louis B. Mayer of MGM, Jack Warner of Warner Brothers, and Harry Cohn of Columbia. Each had a vested interest in Disney's animation empire and were eager to buy him out. Though often pressed for money, Disney refused his, their offers. In particular, he resented Harry Cohn's so-called ruthless tactics. In his book, Disney's World, Chris, critic Leonard Mosley recalls an incident in which Disney, Walt Disney himself, referring to Cohn, referred never to, quote, let that fat Jew rescue me from bankruptcy, end quote. Disney projected his own sense of alienation onto others in Hollywood, namely Jews, blacks, and union workers in retaliation against the studio moguls, who were predominantly Jewish, he refused to let uh, he refused to employ excuse me Jews in high level positions at Disney, or his studio as actors or even live action features. Not until 1969, two years after Disney's death, did a Jewish actor Buddy Hackett feature predominantly in the Disney film The Love Bug. Uh, and it goes on to lambast Disney a little bit more, Walt Disney, the man himself, not the company uh, that has uh, grown out of his name. But uh, Disney denounced uh, FDR, uh, who called the 1900s as the century of the common man. In response, it is alleged, Disney said, balls. This, it, uh, the 1900s is the century of the Jew, the union cutthroat, the fag, and the whore. And FDR and his National Labor uh, Relations Board made it so. Ironically, soon after Dumbo's release, Walt Disney would turn his filmmaking efforts to FDR's war effort. However, uh, Disney never uh, apologized for these beliefs, on and on and on. Anyway, gentlemen uh, from Antelope Hill Publishing's, our good friends Taylor and Kurt, it's hard to imagine a true American, a true American, a, a true patriot like Walt Disney ever making a movie like Django Unchained. Uh, but needless to say, those who share Disney's sentiments are no longer leading his company, as we heard from uh, the trailer to, um, uh, I have, uh, I've already forgot the name, Elemental, uh, the, the new movie coming out. But thank God and, and thank everyone that we do have uh, people like you and Antelope Hill Publishing who are promoting and producing content for people who are thirsting still for the truth that apparently Walt Disney agreed with. Gentlemen, two minutes remains and it's all yours.
Yeah, I guess I just wanted to say, you know, it's always sort of baffled me uh, how America during that time period had all these great men like Disney, Ford, Charles Lindbergh, um, all of these guys who had a lot of sway, a lot of charisma, and a decent amount of power, and really did understand what was going on, what the danger was. And we couldn't was, do more with it, heading. right? And we just wound up here anyways. I mean, I, I, I do, it, it's, it's fascinating, but it is, it's truly somewhat baffling to me, and, and I'd really like to, to gain a greater understanding of that one day. Um, and, and it's also always been sort of crazy to me that he wound up making all these cartoons for the War Department. Uh, strikes me as a little bit sad, honestly, that he he sort of wound up uh, as an adversary to the people who, you know, really ideologically he was on their side more than he was on the side of his own government, as evidenced by his uh, criticisms of FDR, who landed us in that war in the first place. That's absolutely right. Uh, but, I mean, still, to stay in control of your company, a dollar's a dollar. I don't know what was going on there, but I, I think in his heart, Walt, Walt Disney had much more in common with us than the system that we suffer under today, uh, as did people like Charles Lindbergh. I uh, didn't intend to take up that much time in the uh, final segment, uh, but that was an important thing. It, it's so much as to impress upon you that there are alternatives to uh, the narrative that is being fed to you by even the, the, the places like Disney that have been taken over from once good men and once good leaders. You have AntelopeHillPublishing.com, and I want to thank Taylor and Kurt both. We'll hear from another Antelope Hill representative in June and beyond. We're happy to be in league and in working cooperation with AntelopeHillPublishing.com. Taylor and Kurt, thank you so much. For Peter Brimlow and Jared Taylor, I'm David Edwards. Next week, it's a whole new show. Thank you for having us on. We'll disappoint you then. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you for coming on. And thank you for working with us as we are happy to work with you. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. Good night and happy Yankee Memorial Day. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com.